Hey, guys, later on, can we have a meeting about... We, everything is a meeting, but I want to move that monitor that I see Robin on, like, way closer to my face. Anybody know what I'm talking about? <laughs> we got a lot of people. I don't know. I think after we have our morning meeting, everybody just goes on a break. Yes. Yeah. You hear me? Are you just talking to me in my headphones, or are you talking to me on the air? No, on the air. So. No. He said just on the headphones. People probably think I'm talking to myself. If you guys answer me, you can answer me on the air. It's hmm. taking care of business, Robin. I want to be able to kiss Robin if I want to. No, I'm, I'm, my vision is so bad lately. Everything's falling apart on me, so... I have to, uh, I have to adjust. Like, you're very far away from me on that monitor. And then uh, this morning I woke up and I noticed a lot of gray in my hair in the front. So I think I might be at the point where I might have to consider either going gray or maybe uh, coloring my hair. And um, that's tricky. That's real tricky. Like, you see some of these dudes walking around with the jet black hair and they're like 70 yeah. years old. <laughs> I'm not going to be that guy. Look strange, because then they start coloring their eyebrows, too. <laughs> who the hell? There was somebody I saw the other day on TV who was, I think, like Burt Reynolds. You know, Burt Reynolds wore a toupee, but I think at the end he had jet black hair, and I think they dyed his eyebrows, because I saw him on, like, The Tonight Show, and it was wild. It was just wild. Like, that was one of the best-looking guys on the planet, and then at the end he looked like a, I don't even know what he looked like, a puppet. What's that puppet that used to be on TV that uh, was like a speed racer type puppet? Yeah. With you the know what mouth I mean? That just dropped down. It just had the two slits yeah. in the mouth just dropped down. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It looked like that. <laughs> well, yeah, the I other got a lot day of... I was looking at some old footage. It wasn't that old of Giuliani when he was, um, you know, out on the road promoting Trump had won the election and he was sweating. And the dye from, I don't know what kind of dye it was, but it was running down the creases in his face. Yeah. Because it was a, a hot day. And it's so a pretty famous dye, picture now. Yeah. <laughs> it was all in the creases of his, of his face. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't get some cheap shoe polish. I'd get, you know, Tony, who cuts my hair. I, she's a colorist, too. She could, like, maybe give me that cool kind of... I th I don't know that Steven Tyler colors his hair, but he's he's an older guy, and it looks good. He's got, like, that um, multicolored hair, like highlights, and you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, well, that's the thing that um, some people who just get that jet black hair or the hair that turns red is that hair isn't all one color. Right. Hair has highlights and, <laughs> you know, variations <laughs> in it. Yeah. Maybe I'll do the Rudy Giuliani kind of. <laughs> and then you'll see me and you'll see shit running down the side of my head. <laughs> I don't know. But, you know, I don't real. I, I, you know, if you go get your hair colored, it means hours in the chair where they wrap your hair in tinfoil. And I've seen it done. And uh, I don't know that I want to go through that. Like, I won't even like 
We do, you know, we we have a television show as well on the app. You can watch our show on TV, essentially. And I won't even put on makeup. I don't even shave, and I don't even get anyone to comb my like like to, you know, blow out my hair and shit in the morning because it's just so aggravating. I don't want to have to do. I just want to roll out of bed and get on the radio. That's why I got into radio. I didn't get into it for a visual medium. So all of a sudden, when they started putting us on TV. For a while, I used to get makeup, and then I'd get my hair ironed with a hot iron, and so there'd be absolutely no frizz. And then I just, one day, I said to myself, I can't be doing this. I'm a dude, number one. Number two, who gives a shit how I look? Number three, well, figure out what number three is. I don't even want to say it. You know what I mean? I'm a mess anyway. And um, so... The idea of coloring my hair, I think Beth's for me trying to color my hair, but my hair's weird. Like it, uh, some days it'll look like I'm going gray. And then the next day you look at me and you go, your hair, you don't even have any gray. So I don't know what I'm going to do about that. Well, I was going to say, I don't notice there's more gray. I don't, I I see, don't it. see it on camera. Yeah. I mean, for a dude my age, it's pretty cool that I've got a full, nice head of black hair. What color would you say my hair is? Black? Well, it's a dark, dark brown if it's not black. Right. That's like the coolest thing about me. Aside from my dazzling personality, which has won over millions of people. I mean, I don't know what, you know, my best things about me are my hair and my feet. Like on two opposite ends. I have really nice feet for a dude. And then I've got hair and everything in between is a mess. <laughs> Your legs are okay. Yeah, I've got I've got kind of nice legs. They're almost yeah. feminine, you know. <laughs> like I've shaved them and put them in a dress, and people are like, you know, you have really sexy legs, and I'm like, thank you. I, I like I have nice legs for a woman, <laughs> not for a dude. That's uh, a mess. Hey, I've got really great news. Like, it's cert- I think it's great for the audience, but especially great for me. So this just happened, and uh, I am so excited about it that I want to share it with you. On Wednesday, we'll be doing our show at 1 o'clock in the afternoon. And I have told you I will never, ever again be moving the show to 1 o'clock in the afternoon. And that was just two weeks ago. Two weeks ago, we moved it for, who did we move it for? Metallica, Uh, Miley, and Elton. Metallica, yeah. Metallica, Miley, and Elton John. And I was like, okay, I'll move the show to 1. And then we did it, and I was miserable. I don't like doing the show in the afternoon. And I said to you, even if Jesus Christ wants to do the show, I'm not moving the show. But all right. But I did say to you, like if if uh, the Stones or like Mick Jagger or Keith Richards or one of those guys wanted to do the show, I would move the show. Okay. Well, listen to this. Gary uh, pulled me into a meeting. He says, uh, Mick's doing the show. Wednesday, but he wants to come on at one, you know, one or one fifteen. I said, "No fucking brainer, we're there." Are you kidding? Mick never does any interviews, and so go figure. We got him, not well, for this long. Re- requires a whole backstory. How did this happen? <clears throat> you know, I'll, I'll get to the backstory in a minute, but you know. 
by the way, I'm really happy about it because Gary gets to keep his job. Because I said to him, you know, you're kind of not doing your job. Get me Mick Jagger. <clears throat> but for me, Mick Jagger, I mean, forget about it. First of all, on a songwriting level, this guy, and in my life, I, you know, I never got went in for religion, really, even though I was pretty indoctrinated growing up. But I never went in for religion. I never went in for, um, you know, I didn't have a lot of mentors in my life. I didn't have adults in my life when I was a kid. The only people that really kind of spoke to me were a couple of rock stars. And maybe, you know, I would say that Mick Jagger was more important to me than and a bigger influence in my life and gave me so much energy and gave me so many hours of enjoyment and fulfillment to sit and talk to him for whatever time he'll give me. The question is not what I'm going to ask him, but what, what I have to eliminate. I have so many questions. I've already written 5,000 questions for Mick Jagger, and I think we have him, you know, I don't know how long we're going to have him for, but I love this guy. Not only do I love him as a songwriter, I love him as a singer, and I love him as a performer. And... uh and he's cool. You know, he's just the coolest guy ever. Like, I want to know who cuts his hair. Never mind everything else. He always has great hair. Uh, I love this guy. I, I mean, I just fucking adore Mick Jagger. And I, I, I don't know him. I've never met him. I've never been in the same room with him. But on Wednesday, I get to talk to him. So I'm going to be coming in my pants. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll I actually hope he be, doesn't notice that. <laughs> I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. Uh, I want to know how he stays so fucking thin and fit. The guy's in his seventies. I'm gonna tell him I love him. Well, that's okay. Yeah, a man can love yeah. another man. I can love that guy. So I'm honored. So we're gonna talk to Mick Jagger. Go that's figure. amazing. Yeah. I, you know, last week I was saying Mick and Keith, you better get in here soon. I didn't you, know this you, was going to happen. Honestly, the backstory is I think you did it, Robin. When you when you <laughs> said it in that authoritarian way of yours, you know how you sometimes you get like you better get in here. You know, you don't even realize you're you're coming on so strong and I think you did it. You think maybe so, heard that? <laughs> so Robin, I'm going to ask you for some help. Um I have to practice asking people questions while I'm coming. So, I'm going to jerk off <laughs> And you try to keep me on track with my question. <laughs> All right, here we go. Okay. Um, Mick, um, when you wrote um, Give Me Shelter, uh, hold on a second, Mick. Oh, <laughs> oh. oh. oops. Yeah, I don't I think know, that's going to work right that way. It's not going to work because you have 5,000 questions. Yeah. <laughs> and if you can't get one out. Uh, how did you write sympathy for the devil? Oh. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, very excited about that. By the way, the Stones are actually on tour, which is a whole nother question. How are you doing that? But uh, have they started the tour already? Yeah, 
Yeah, they're already on tour. Where are they now? Right in St. Louis, Gary was telling me, and then St. Louis. St. Louis was last night, and I think um, Charlotte or uh, Charlotte is like Thursday. Thursday. Okay. Amazing. Yeah. But anyway, I mean, the guy's just a fucking. You know, when I think about the Stones, like. Think about all the bands that came out back then. And to last through the 60s, the 70s, the 80s, the 90s. Now we're into the 2000s and these guys are still around. And to me, my favorite Stones album is Exile on Main Street. Just that accomplishment. Double album. Who the hell could come up with that many hit songs on a double album? It's crazy. And then um, maybe Sticky Fingers too. You know, I, I don't know. I mean, it's debatable. But I mean, all those great, you know. I always say this, like the Dave Clark Five came around the same time the Rolling Stones did and the Beatles and and like the Dave Clark Five, they had a couple of good songs, you know, Glad All Over, there were, I don't know, two or three other hits, and then they kind of fizzled out, they went away. But the Stones kept evolving, writing, and I don't even think when Mick and Keith got together, they got together as songwriters. They got together because they both wanted to have a band, but they were playing covers and things of blues and all that. And then all of a sudden to realize they could write together the way they do and just keep knocking out hit after hit after hit. And what's the process? How'd they do it? I mean, got to get him. I need about 17 hours with this guy, but all right, I'll take what I can get. So that's it. Well, be your most charming and maybe he'll say, you know, I'd like to do this again tomorrow. No. Yeah, you got to help. We're good. All right. Thanks, Gary. Thank you for that help. So even the uh, even the Beatles fizzled out eventually. They broke up. It's not the Stones. They stayed together. I mean. Well, you make anyway. a point because I don't think the Dave Clark Five made it out of the 60s. No, absolutely not. And they were big. Yeah. But so, you know, just think of the influence that band has had on rock and roll, too. I mean, it's just right. mind-blowing. Oh, yeah. Well, even the way Mick moves, I mean, I am sure I'm not saying anything out of school when I say that, like, even our buddy from the Black Crows would say, yeah, you know, Jagger made it cool for me to dance around on stage. I mean, you know, but anyway... The, I'll be talking with uh, Mick on Wednesday, which is very cool. Very cool. I feel like blowing my mind up. You must feel that way. <laughs> I'm going to blow my mind up. On the first night of their tour, they opened up with Street Fighting Man. I've seen the Stones a couple of times concert. I went once with Robin in Philadelphia, but uh, I went most recently. I think I saw them, maybe it was Giant Stadium. Yeah, I think I was it was up, a couple of years ago, right? Yeah, I was up pretty close because uh, I'm very famous. But, uh, I mean, I didn't meet them or anything backstage. No one, usually, you know, I wonder why I didn't. Usually I get offered like a little backstage situation, but I don't know, I didn't. I mean, the Stones are so big, they're like, we, we don't want to see him. We don't meet we, people. Yeah, we, we don't <laughs> need to meet. Anyway, they opened with Street Fighting Man. They played 18 more songs and closed with Satisfaction. 
John Hine has the set list. Yeah, what is their set list when they go out on tour? And that's what I got to ask Mick, too. How do they plan that whole set list? And are there songs they won't do live? And you know what I mean? This set list is amazing because you'll know probably 17 and 19 songs. They open with. Oh, I'll know them all. Man. It's only rock and roll, but I like it. Tumbling Dice, Under My Thumb, 19th Nervous Breakdown, Wild Horses. Wow. You can't always get what you want. Jesus. Living, living in a Ghost Town, which is their new tune. Right. Uh, Start Me Up, Honky Tonk Woman, Happy, Slipping Away, which is off Steel Wheels. And then listen, Miss You, Midnight Rambler, Painted Black, Sympathy for the Devil, Jumpin' Jack Flash, Give Me Shelter, and I Can't Get No Satisfaction. That's, wow. a, that's a show. That's a show. They're playing all the hits. And think about it. That's not even all the hits. That's just no. the ones they're doing. You know. Yeah, they're deep. Their catalog is deep. It's just one of those bands. You don't realize how many of those songs you know. You just do. And there, I mean, their influence, as you guys said, is just tremendous. I might have to just sit in this chair and wait for Wednesday. <laughs> I wish it was today. <laughs> Coming at you, WNBC. Uh, NBC wouldn't even play this because it would be too cool to play this. Coming at you, DC 101. DC. What, what was it? Uh, what we were. I had to say DC 101, kick-ass rock and roll. And yeah, because it was WWDC AM and WWDC FM. By the time I got done, I, I was already talking over the song. Yeah. Cross the shoulder. It's a beautiful riff, too. Anyway, I'm too excited about this and just know I can't wait. So Are you thanks, having trouble sleeping? Yeah. Well, because what I do is I keep a pad next to my bed and then I'm laying in bed and I think, oh, wow, I'm going to talk to Mick Jagger. And I mean, then all of a sudden I start jotting down notes of questions and then I can't get to sleep. And uh, it's annoying, actually. <laughs> and the, the point is, I shouldn't even write down any questions because I, the way I look at it, if I was just sitting in a room with Mick Jagger, all of a sudden he just walked in and he said, hey, how you doing? And he started talking to me like a dinner party or something. I'd have 50,000 questions for him anyway. So what's the point of even preparing? But I will. <laughs> and if that isn't a good enough week, Dave Grohl just wrote a book, which I highly recommend. I read it over the summer. I read very slowly, so it took me a whole summer, but no, nah, I read it in like two days. It's so good. Uh, it's just everything you'd want from Dave Grohl talking about his musical career, so that's pretty cool. Dave Grohl's book is called The Storyteller, and he tells stories about Nirvana, about Foo Fighters, about his early life, and it's just really good. It's very rock and roll, and I love rock and roll books, and Dave did a great job, so he's going to come on and promote the book tomorrow. And, uh, yeah. Star-studded week. Star-studded week. That's how we roll. <laughs> We're very, very excited. Yeah. But getting back to me and my hair and my vision, I want to move. I want to move you closer to me, Robin. Because I realize whatever's, 
whatever's going on with my vision when I was talking to Coldplay, it was like the, the screen is so far away. I can't, I didn't even realize how cool their set looked. They, if you, if you run Instagram or you have the app or whatever it is, uh, we put out the video of Coldplay doing their songs and the set was amazing while they sang. And I missed it all because I couldn't see it. It was too far away. That's why I said it's great to watch because yeah. that set and the lighting was just amazing. <laughs> I couldn't see it. Oh dear. Yeah. Yeah. I got a, I got a, I got a whole story going on with that. I got to go to the eye doctor. I was going to say, didn't you just get a new prescription? Yeah. It's just not good enough. Mm. Yeah. I'm falling apart. I told you that. It's not fun. And Beth keeps telling me, you're not falling apart. I go, honey, I'm falling <laughs> apart. We got to make plans. <laughs> make plans? What kind of plans yeah. are you talking about? Your plans. Soon I won't be able to walk around the house. You're going to have to carry me. Yeah. I, didn't, I don't older. want to even think about that. Yeah, I, uh, I don't know. I don't. I like being older from the sense that I think I I have a better grasp on my life, and I, you know, I sort of feel like hmm, a lot of uh, I've learned a lot. Like I might even know some things now. You know, from that aspect, I like being older. But you know. Not being able to run, not being able to lift weights, not you know, it's just it's just one thing after another. I I don't like that. So I don't know. Yeah, I always think you know. One day I was walking through the you know just down some street in New York, and I saw some guy carrying Catherine Hepburn, and I literally <laughs> mean, yeah, right, like pulling her out of the car and carrying her. He was taking her to the car. And he had her in her his arms like this. Like a baby. And then, yeah, and then he sort of poured her into the car. Shit. Who's going to carry me? I mean, I'm a big <laughs> guy. I'm 6'5", aren't I? I'm 6'4", 6'5". Your feet will be dragging oh, on the yeah. ground. My luck, I'll have to hire three guys. I'm left to carry me out gurney style. <laughs> Yeah, Brett, what up? Let me see if the phones are working. We were having a problem earlier. Brett, you on? Hey, now. What's up? Hey, now. Hey now. Right. What's up? So the Stones, the Stones rehearsed like 80 to 90 songs for this tour. They go, they go into legit rehearsals for like three, four weeks, and they work out the hit songs and stuff, but then they go through the songbook, literally. And... They really work out, like, what's going to work live, what doesn't, for what venues. I mean, this is an all-stadium tour, but, like, they're just, they don't get nearly enough credit. You're going to really, I think, be able to dig in to get the the story on everything when you talk to him Wednesday. I stood outside the Orpheum Theater in Boston, like, O2, because they did theaters, arenas, and stadiums on that tour. And tonight, the night before the show, they're in there rehearsing. And there's a crowd of about 15 people just kind of hanging around outside. Nobody even really knows they're in there playing unless you stood there and listened and down an alleyway. And you could hear them in there, like, working out all this just unbelievable music. They're just – and to do this for this long, I love the Beatles. I love all these other bands. But, like, 
this band is just so ridiculous. The songbook, live performances, and to do this for all this time, they're just unbelievable. You sound like an expert or something. I agree with everything you said. It's an unbelievable band. There's so many fans, Howard, that are like 50 times even more, you know, tuned into it than I am. It's the, the fan base is ridiculous and around the world. There's people well, that let me let me ask you this: the world to see this team, are, this, this, this band all the time. Yeah. Let me ask you this: Are you in the Stones? Because you seem to know so much. I'm wondering if you, no, in fact, are. No, I'm not in the Stones. I'm, <laughs> I'm I'm 47 years old. I didn't see them in concert till I was in my my t- early 20s. Right. Once I saw them once, I already loved them. I was like, I was a decent fan, not whatever. Once I saw them once live, then from the late 90s and through the 2000s. Before I got married, I was able to just see a ton of shows, and even now, I'm going to see them next next Monday in uh, in Pittsburgh with my uncle and my cousin. What are you? Um, like what me, in your estimation? So what is the what is the best world. album? What is the best album the Stones ever made? To me, in many ways, it's Sticky Fingers because there's literally not a bad track on there. There's not a bad track on on Exile or some of these others too, but. Sticky Fingers, every single track on that album is just ridiculously good. Um, hmm. And even some of their last the albums in the last 15, 20 years, 30 years. The album they put out in 2005, which was their last real album, um, was really good, I thought. It was really good. If you, especially when you go back and listen to this stuff, albums that got you know, marked off as being, nah, this wasn't all that good. All right. They played all right. I hear you. Good music. I know, I'm right Country, there with you. blues, soul, R&B, it's just awesome. I'm, Absolutely. Gonna, oh, my God. Wednesday's going to be great. Kill it. All right, Thanks, bro. guys. Later. He's right. I can't argue with anything he said. He's, uh... You know who must be coming in his pants? Fred. What do you think, Fred? Isn't this a miracle? Mick Jagger's is coming on. fucking off. awesome. Yeah. I'd say give Gary a raise, but uh, <laughs> that might be pushing it. I mean, this is just the most amazing thing. I would... I, I think one thing before, if we ever go off this planet, is they should come on and play. I pray that that could happen. Like the Coldplay thing, that would just be nirvana to well, me. Well, we can't, we can't uh, expect that. But uh, just getting, <laughs> this is the first step, Fred. You're way ahead of the game, you know what I mean? There you this go. This is the first step. We'll get, I was, just reading, try I was, get a I was just reading something, too, about uh, how uh, Bowie idolized him. Just well, I'm going to try and get like a little. Crazy. I'm going to get a little rapport going with Mick, and then maybe I'll slip in at the end. You know, you guys ought to bring some guitars and maybe jam a little uh, on the show. Yeah, one of my favorite albums by them was uh, uh, like just an all acoustic version of all their great songs. If you haven't heard it, give it a listen. I go on Facebook a lot, and uh, if you just hit watch, you know they have that feature. You hit watch. They for yeah. some reason, maybe because I uh, follow the Stones uh, group. Like, uh, there's different things, that, categories. I get a lot of live performances from the Stones, like uh, a ton of very well shot, well, uh, the, the music is uh, very clear. All these live performances of the Stones, and it's like one after another. It's very good. I like that they're feature. Like, but you can tell they're like a machine. I don't even know why they have to rehearse at all. It's like every live performance that I have seen on YouTube is just like, it's just fucking amazing, and yeah. I'm telling you, it is seeing seeing Keith Richards walk across the stage. He looks like he's near death, but he fucking pulls it together and just looks like the coolest guy on the planet. Let's decide now what Robin's going to wear, so Mick can be pleased. Uh, 
You don't as little as possible. Robin, you're going to have to go all out. You, little as possible, Fred says. I believe he's right. As little as yeah. possible. Right. I'm going to wear as little as possible. Band-aids over the nipples. Oh. What am I going to Oh, Fred. That's why you would dress Robin? You would just pour her out like that? <laughs> Listen to him. My bones. Yeah. Make wow. a dagger, for Christ's sakes. Maybe a giant tongue bra. like um, in the, <laughs> There you go. Between her leg. logo. <laughs> You know, that is my tongue. I'm not going to do something lame like wear my uh, Stones T-shirt. I have a couple of Stones T-shirts. I'm going to. Um, I'll wear like. Um, I wouldn't wear another band. That would be insulting to Mick. Why do you know. wear a Stones T-shirt? Would that be uncool? It might be like I'm trying a little too hard. You know what I mean? I'm sure Mick gets that all the time. Unless it was like a vintage, old, old, old Stones shirt that you'd never see anywhere yeah well i might wear whatever robin's wearing so if she goes nude i'll go <laughs> well remember the band-aids <laughs> right <laughs> anyway like we're very excited fred is excited i'm excited robin of course is very. always excited i you even know saw that... john hine break a sweat when you're talking about it well that means something right i was uh i always think back to the martin scorsese movie the 3d movie of the stones that was great see that yeah of course oh how dare you it was like being in the band (laughs) how dare you ask me if i saw that (laughs) (laughs) here's a fact they estimated that mick runs the equivalent of 12 miles during one live performance like he's he because he goes back and forth on the stage anyway there's a lot to talk about but we'll uh we'll shelve it for now Mark in Missouri. You're on yeah. the air. Yo. Hey, good morning. Good morning, everybody. How are you? Hey, now. Hey, now. Hey, now. Hey, now. saw the Stones last night in St. Louis. Incredible. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, they're an incredible band, and, and they still rock, and they still they still move the crowd, and Mick moves great. I mean, it's it's just crazy. But anyway, very excited about it, Mark. Thank you. Yes, Anne. Anne in Massachusetts. Oh, my God. Gary needs like a lifetime pass for anything because of this. <clears throat> I mean, Mick Jagger? Holy crap. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. Well done, Gary. <clears throat> yeah, everybody's I, I, excited. The way to go. Really? You don't think that's sucking up a little too much? Well, it's Mick Jagger. I think you need to suck up, don't you? I would. Yeah, you're right. Okay. <laughs> do, boo, 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 I mean, but do vintage. Do, do, like, do like a smart smart one, like something that like not everybody would have. Right, like Very one of those obscure kind of uh, Stones t-shirts. Uh, 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 and I'll put some thought into it. I got you. I hear you. Yeah, but anyway, thanks, and uh, I appreciate, I'm glad you took some time off, and I'm so happy to have you back. You got to admit, you got to admit for everyone who was bitching about, we take, you know, we took time off. You could see we were busy over the summer, you know, booking you some great shows, so uh, cut your bullshit and complaining. <laughs> we uh, we were working over the summer. It wasn't like we were just Gary sitting Della back. Bicio. Gary Delabicio. You see, see how effective Gary, Gary can be when he's not busy with pickleball? And uh, his other <clears throat> hobbies, like scotch, both. 
I love scotch now, and I've joined a scotch tasting club. Oh, okay. Why don't you just go book Mick Jagger? Now he did it, so good. Now you can play some pickleball. Whatever well, the hell that is. the question. It, was this a result of Gary's networking? You know, he always claims that everything he does has something to do with networking so that he can build relationships and get these things done. I think it's more I lit a fire under his teeth this summer. <laughs> I said, look, you got to get out there and get to work. Enough with this pickleball. And I think yeah. it worked. It, it, this was a result of literally, I'm not joking, <clears throat> I would say 15 years of talking to one person and just slowly getting them to see how great Howard is. Wonderful. Which, I, which we all knew. But yes, it's, you know. There, Howard. Hold on. Hold on, you two. Let me just open the door and see who it is. Hey. Oh, hey, it's our good friend George Takei from Star Trek. Hey, how you doing, George? Oh, my goodness. I can't wait. I love the Rolling Stones, Howard. You do? Yes. Yes. Oh, I find Jagger to be so utterly sexy. His hair, his moves, he's very erogenous, the way that he moves on stage. I'm just getting blood flow right now. I can't get no satisfaction. <laughs> Brad, you hearing this? I try and I try and I try. I can't get no. I can't get no Brad. <laughs> why really did Brad pick me up? Why did Brad get you a bell to ring uh, for your every need, and then he doesn't answer when you when you ring it? You know, I think about that every day, Howard, because maybe he's gone deaf. It doesn't seem to work. I, the louder I bang it, <laughs> the less he appears. Brad, Brad, this is Dasani water. I said Fiji water. Damn it. I thought, uh, oh my goodness. Well, I'm glad to hear you're a Mick Jagger fan. I thought you were more of like a show tunes guy, you know? I, I really do. Well, I appreciate all forms of music, but I appreciate <laughs> also the fact that Mick Jagger takes care of his physique. He looks so youthful and vibrant, and I appreciate yes. that. Yes, and Brad? you do too. Brad, jump in some leather jeans. Jump in Jack Flash. It's a gas, gas, gas. <laughs> all right, well, I got to go, George. All right. Let me just shut this door here. Bye. There yeah, Mick Jagger's still a thoroughbred. <laughs> yeah. Why don't we get some oil on that door? Sounds horrible. Yes. You want to hear tape of Gary talking about his favorite Japanese whiskey? Oh. You do. Let me make the decision Baba for you. Baba Bowie. Welcome to Scotch Talk with today's guest, Scotch enthusiast, Gary Delabate. I drink them as I like them. Gary, what are we drinking today? Hibiki. Ah, yes. Hibiki, a fine Japanese whiskey. Tell us about it. This is the one that got me started on Japanese whiskey. We call it a Japanese scotch, but you got to call it a Japanese whiskey. I, I'm excited that I was a kind of an early adopter on this. Gary, tell us what it tastes like. It is a little oakier, which I don't like, but I don't, I don't mind a hint of it. How did you discover it? 
you know, every time I'd read an article in, a, in you know, the New York Times or a men's magazine where they would recommend whiskeys or scotches, I would kind of look and see what I thought. And ah. So this one, they did a big article about it, and they were saying it's unbelievable, and it's like $35 a bottle was the price point. So I went out and got it, and I was like, damn, that's good. And then it went from like, then it went to 40 bucks, then it went to 50 bucks. Incredible. It went to 60 bucks. When it went to 60 bucks, my nephew yes. was living up in Harlem. And he said, hey, they got them in the store for like 40 bucks. I go, how many? He goes, five. I said, buy them all. Five bottles of scotch for $200. Mere pennies. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so I bought them all. It's 100 bucks now. I, I'm excited that I was like kind of an early adopter. Early adopter. Fuck it. What does that mean? Oh, excuse me. I was an early adopter of the Japanese scotch, Hibiniki. Baba Bowie. Whatever it is. Baba Bowie. Was he over at the plant when they first made it? Or yeah. the New York Times was already writing about it. That means people he, know about it. Yeah, he was one of the first guys to get behind this Japanese scotch, and it's pretty exciting. <laughs> it's like when you were a fan of Metallica before the Black Album. You know what I mean? Right. He well, wasn't a Johnny come lately. Time for a taste Baba test. Bowie. Baba Bowie. Yeah. Did he pick who Hibiki out from other Hibiki. <laughs> he was also an early adopter of napping at work. A lot of people don't do that now. They he, he started that. But anyway, it's Gary's big day. He's very excited about the Mick Jagger booking. So I'm not going to rain on his parade. No. I, of course, was an early adopter of the stepmom porn genre on you porn <laughs> i was one of the first guys to get in you on that popularize yeah that. yeah so there's a couple of things i wanted to uh get to this morning and i don't even know where to begin but what was that um this is kind of funny I don't know. I, you know, I was just watching the video. I guess Trump made a speech last night. They did this. Everyone knows. I don't have to go into the whole story, but Trump was screaming that he actually won the election when he lost it. And they got these guys, cyber ninjas, to do an audit in Arizona. And then it, then it came out. Even these cyber ninja guys were hired by Trump's people. You know, they're they're very pro-Trump. And even after their audit, it turned out Biden won. And he won by more votes. Like, they actually found more votes Oh, they for found Biden. more Biden votes. Hmm? Yeah. And Trump gave a speech, I don't know, like last night or two nights ago. I don't know exactly when it was. And he got up in front of his crowd and he says, well, they did the audit. And just as I suspected, I won Arizona. I won by a lot. You saw it. And the crowd behind him uh, was screaming. And they and 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 they even had that that black guy in the black T-shirt that goes uh, "Blacks for Trump." Mm-hmm. Like, it's, I think it's the same guy at every rally. They get they get him in there and they put him behind Trump. <laughs> you know, it's like it's a little too obvious. And he he stands up there with a straight face and he goes, "Hey, I won the election. I told you I won, and now we did the audit, and it, there's proof that I won. Like a total." The story all weekend was Cyber Ninjas did this in, in audit, which, you know, you were suspicious of the audit anyway. And even them, they came out and said, well, we did the audit and it turns out Biden actually got more votes than we originally thought. So it's a total humiliation. And then you expect them to get up at the rally and go, 
Oh, I'm so humiliated. He goes up and he goes, I can't believe the audit came out and I was right. I won the election. And the fans start screaming, he won the election. And uh, I don't know what's going on in the country. I don't, I don't know what to make of that. I, I don't know. I just, I'm just flabbergasted. I don't know. I don't know what to say. Like, doesn't that, how do you, how can you be for a guy who got up and said, I won Arizona after the audit came out that he hired and spent, and Arizona spent millions of dollars on, and, and, he, and he had less votes, and he goes up and he, it doesn't even matter what the audit is. But I mean, what's going on? I mean, where, what the fuck is going on? I don't even know what's going on. Why, why would you? There's a streak in this country that wants something their way. And yeah, they don't care me. about the truth. They're going to have it their way. And, you know, they just did some survey not too long ago. And uh, in the Republican Party, it was considered important and part of being a Republican to believe that Trump won the election. Whether they yeah. did it or not, it's important for a Republican to be a Republican. You have to believe that Trump won the election. I was pretty impressed with George Bush. He he finally came out of hiding, you know, and he uh, he made a statement. He made he made a speech, and he just said, uh, "Some of my fellow Republicans better stand up to this. It's getting a little out of control. When are you gonna When are you guys gonna denounce this? When are you gonna get some backbone? You know, it was a pretty good speech, and uh, I was very very pleased to see that because of the I don't mind. I'm not I'm not anti Republican, or at least what used to be a Republican. I voted for many Republican candidates. Uh, but I don't recognize what's going on now. I don't recognize like going, hey, look at this. We did an audit and we won the election. <laughs> but wait, that's not even. It's just I don't know how he's getting away with it. I don't know how Facts people are buying into it. To the Facts don't matter. People. Yeah. That's the yeah. whole point. They want what they want and they will say whatever it takes. Yeah. To, you know, and when you get a bunch of people saying something. It all of a sudden starts to take on a, a hint of truth. It's like, well, if everybody, you know, it's like where there's smoke, there's fire. Other people might say, wow, you know, how could all of those people be lying? But they but are. Doesn't that, but doesn't that scare like guys like, you know, a lot of the guys on Fox News, some of them I've, I've known, they don't buy into Trump really, but they have to because they're told to. But doesn't this scare people that like you know that it's just an out and out lie and i don't know you, you got Somehow, you guys get it. it's just freaking me out people have convinced themselves that that's not destroying the country it's right. just good television uh, you know mm. i don't know how they justify doing it but i was reading the new york times this morning and this was a sentence that stood out to me let me see if i can find it because it was all about COVID. Yeah. And they were talking about why some people still won't get the vaccine. And uh, somebody now, because I'm not going to be able to find it, but somebody wrote that liberals like Biden and Pelosi and you. Yeah, I saw that. I was in, they mentioned <laughs> me, that I'm in some, I'm, yeah. I'm meeting with Biden on a regular basis. <laughs> Yeah, and what was the theory that why I'm meeting with Biden? It was kind of wacky. It's like, like I'm you guys are pushing the vaccine because you know people won't take it if you push it. 
Like and then they'll all die. Eliminate the enemy by having them <laughs> drop dead. No, I'll be very honest. You could ask me about it. I want everyone to take the vaccine so I can get the fuck out of my house and not have to wear a mask and not ha- and go back to the way things were. Because the more people who get the vaccine, the more we'll have herd immunity. That's what I want. The fact that there yeah, are 70, was- 70 million people who haven't taken the vaccine is driving me nuts. It was an article in Breitbart by somebody named uh, John Nolte, and he argued that uh, this is a liberal (laughs) plot. Liberals like Biden, Nancy Pelosi, Anthony Fauci, and Howard Stern have tried so hard to persuade people to get vaccinated because they know that Republicans will will do the opposite of whatever they say. Hmm. First of all, when have I ever been a liberal? <laughs> when have you I, I to voted for, I, I voted and pushed George Pataki. Um, I voted and pushed for uh, Giuliani, um, Christy Todd Whitman, all Republican candidates that I backed and hopefully had something to do with them winning. I'm a huge Second Amendment guy. Uh, I don't know when I became a liberal. I think, quite frankly... I'm just a selfish guy. I want to be able to, you know, go to my my daughter's home without having to take a COVID test. You know, come on. You think, I'm? first of all, I've never spoken to Joe Biden. I wanted to. I wanted to put him on during the election because I wanted somebody sane. And I'm, and I'm a big Joe Biden fan because I love what he's doing. He's actually being presidential and not, you know, not saying... Uh, he won elections that he lost, uh, but I don't. I don't get to talk to the guy. But anyway, it's so stupid. But what a devious plot! You know, you know. know that they'll do the opposite of what you say. <laughs> I don't even think my audience is filled with liberals. I don't know who's in my audience. Honestly, I've never done any kind of market research. But the only research I'm doing is the United States, my country that I love more than anything, and I love our freedoms, and I love free elections, and I love that the people get to decide, even if they make a dumb choice. But um, my, my, I love this country, and there's now over 700,000 deaths from COVID, and I don't want to be one. And I don't want to see the I don't want to see this mutation, this variant, get stronger. That's all I want. The New York Times also wrote, Nolte's argument is certainly bizarre, given that Democratic politicians have been imploring all Americans to get vaccinated, and many Republicans have not. But it's 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 crazy. You know, people have just, have just gone insane. Like, I told you, I don't read social media, but my wife has a social media account to get animals' homes. You know, it's the most innocent Instagram you could ever find. It's pictures of cats. And occasionally to pump up... Uh, you know, getting more homes for cats, we throw Beth in a bikini and then gets people excited. And, you know, it's a pretty simple Instagram account. How many cats can we get a home for that are, that are living in these horrible conditions? So some guy wrote her the other day, and of course she comes to me, she goes, listen to what this guy wrote. I wish you cared, this guy's name is Calman2849. I wish you cared as much for Howard's soul as you do for those beautiful cats. And uh, Beth was like, what does that mean? I go, I don't know. Why don't you ask him? So Beth wrote, what does that mean? Not sure how I should even be insulted by that. 
And she put a big heart and God bless. She was nice to the guy. Then the guy writes her back. And he goes, I'm not insulting you at all. I worry for Howard. He said on the show he is scared of dying. There is a heaven and hell. That's all. Keep up the good work. God bless you. I'm like, people are all nutty out there. He believes in heaven and hell. And and because I said I'm scared of dying, I don't want to die. Therefore, Beth isn't watching over my soul. This is the kind of convoluted human beings we have in this country. We're not getting any smarter. First of all, it doesn't even make any sense. I like he's not afraid of dying because he knows he's going to an imaginary friend in the sky. If he was lying in a hospital bed gasping for air and said he was not afraid of dying with his few yeah. breaths. I would believe him then. Like, I'm not worried about my soul. My soul's fine. I'm just, I, I, my belief is I'm going to go die, and that's it. And it's like a computer that dies. It's just like, boom, we're gone. Well, I will contend that people who believe have to believe in a fantasy are afraid of dying. Right. That's the only way they can keep going is to believe some weird stuff. Yeah. That's a good one. I'm with you. <laughs> and let's say heaven and hell are real, which I hope it is. Why would my soul be Beth's responsibility? Why why would helping cats who are dying and are sick mean she doesn't care about my soul? It doesn't even make sense. That's what I'm talking no, about no though. You go logic to it at all. You know, Trump, you know, is up there saying, I won the election. And people are like, yeah, you won. And I'm like, well, why would you do that? Why would you? Why? Hey, Scott, what's up in Ohio? Hey, 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 Howard. Hey, first off. Hey, now. Love you guys. Love you guys. Hey, now. Hey, now. Thank you. So, you know, I'm. I'm a regular Republican, and I'm from Ohio, but it just—I mean, Trump's not president anymore. We have to—I mean, I mean, fuck it. I mean, we have to move on with the country. We got people who don't want to work. We got people who—we've um, always had people that. getting sick. So, I mean, well, I think we—I think we are able to move on from it. The fear is that in 2022 and 2024 in the elections. That soon people are going to start mistrusting elections. In other words, they're going to go, no, 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 the results aren't right. Screw the results. You know, Trump says he won, you know, and then all hell's going to break loose. It's it's complete chaos out there if that happens, if people don't trust the election. Let me ask you this, Howard. I mean, Robin and Fred, you might be able to um, chime in. What do you think of this social media? Do you think? Because, I mean, I'm on Facebook, I'm on Instagram, but when you see people... It's like they get on there and they believe every story that's on there. Yeah, it's scary. It's like, how, how can you believe everything without fact-checking or even, I mean, I've seen people tell me, which was actually um, the, the most dumbest thing I ever heard, that Biden was going to pull the health insurance from the VA veterans. It's like, what? Yeah. So there's no what? way if, if they didn't get the COVID shot. It's like, did you fact-check that? Because he can't do that. Wish he could, but he can't. But, uh, you know, uh, yeah, it's just silly. I mean, uh, whoever writes, that's the problem with the Internet. You know, no one's accountable. Like if the New York Times prints or the Daily News or the New York Post or your local paper puts out anything that uh, is bullshit, 
They could be sued. But on the Internet, anything goes, and nobody can tell the difference between fact and fiction. So you get it. Anyway, thanks, Scott. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. All right. Thanks, Howard. The Internet is good when you're trying to get cats' homes. The Internet is bad for everything else. That's it. That's what we've learned. Yeah, two people have already, their deaths have been attributed to fighting COVID with that horse pinworm medication. Yeah, yeah I, I love reading those. Like the people who are staunchly anti-vaccine and then <laughs> they interview them on their deathbed. I guess they get out a couple of words before they can't breathe. I do, I do, uh, I read those stories with great fascination. And they, all, and they all do the same thing. I should have taken that fucking vaccine. I should have made uh, better decisions. I like that one. <laughs> that's a good one. I got a ton of those if you want to go through them. Yeah. 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 Oh, my God. I got so many. They're so funny. Because it's crazy. It's just stupidity. It's like, when did we get so dumb as a country? Let me see if I can find it. Okay, here we go. Chris put these together. Chris Wilding. He's on a mad tear. You know about that. to be able to be free, too. (laughs) Yeah. He found a bunch of these. Chris, you want me to do it or you want to do it? What, it's your show, man. Whatever you, <laughs> whatever you want. Well, you put a lot of work into this. You could join us. Yeah, I'm just, you know, I hate to say it. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of glad these people are dead because, you know, it's bad to wish death on anyone. But I look at these people like drunk drivers. Like they're potentially spreading this to other people, or they're spreading yeah. this information to other people who then spread the, who get the virus and spread it to other people. So. You know. Yeah, especially these radio guys, because they have an amplified voice. Like, they actually have, you know, these guys who are on AM radio, and they have, like, a 100 stations, and maybe they're not the biggest stations, but, you know, they're, they all want to be Rush Limbaugh and make billions of dollars. Yeah. And then they yeah, say the quickest way to... listen. To yeah, yeah, and then and they, they spread every kooky thought without love of country or love of humanity or they're anti-science. Like this guy, Phil Valentine. I never heard of this guy, and he probably had a pretty good career. 61-year-old guy. We talked about him before. Yeah. Um, he, he he was like super anti-vaccine. Downplayed the virus. He was doing like song parodies and stuff. Mocking. Yeah, the, the worst. Vaccine. And the worst song parody. It wasn't even funny. Really bad. <laughs> we bad. We have his song, Vax Man. Yeah, we do. Yeah, it said to the Beatles, Tax Man. I pulled a clip. Yeah, this is... This is why this guy isn't Rush Limbaugh. I mean, I guess not that. I mean, imagine your goal is to be Rush Limbaugh. It's like <laughs> it's like so fucked up. Well, he, <laughs> but, I think he did get to be Rush Limbaugh in one way. Yeah, he actually yeah. died like Rush Limbaugh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, ultimate uh, impression. <laughs> yeah. So he got COVID. It killed him. But before before he died, he got to mock COVID. But listen to this song parody. It's just not even clever. He called he called it Vax Man to the Beatles Tax Man, which is it, 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 it it's just it's bad radio. Forget forget what it what he's saying. If you don't like me coming round Okay. Thankful I don't hold you down. 
by the way, the vax man would be your doctor. Okay. Let, let, let's, let's really be honest. Be thankful we don't hold you down. I wish we could hold you down, strap you to a gurney <laughs> and save your life. But uh, the vax man is your doctor. We don't like him. Doctors are bad. You, you know who we like? Radio hosts who barely went to college. <laughs> yeah. That's oh, the that's best it? part I could pull, by the way, because he does that thing that really bon bad song parodies do where they don't even change half the lyrics. Like it's just <laughs> yeah, I want the whole. Do you have the oh. whole thing? Because. I want to show how bad uh, it is. I, it was no, because it was bad. I was like, I'm not going to submit this to you. Half of it's just the Beatles' tax man, and it, but they say vaccine. I know, but I want I want to show you how bad it is, and the only way I can do that is to play the whole thing. Fred, see if you can find just um, it's on Google. the SoundCloud link. You can find it, Phil Valentine SoundCloud, and you'll you'll find it if you look for it that way. Do you think at the end, like when he was laying there in the hospital, he was singing into the ventilator? I need the Vax Man. Oh, bring the Vax Man. They don't hold me down. <laughs> I can't believe the Vax Man's not around. But I need the Vax Man. Oh, the Vax. Yeah. No, I heard the whole song parody and went, this is great. The guy didn't even bother to change the Beatles' lyrics except for Vax Man to Tax Man. He we ran should make out one. of creativity with that first little grouping there. I don't know this for sure, but I'm pretty sure that's like his band. I think he it was like, it wow. was like Phil and the whatevers did it. So come on. That that sounded like the track for the actual Beatles track. So I think he just like got one of those karaoke machine tracks and did it. <laughs> but you can even get the Beatles backing music on YouTube because like, it, you know, they have all the old studio outtakes. Yeah. It should be like, I'm a dead man. We should make our own song. <laughs> I went on the radio and was anti-vax. I'm a dead man. Oh, I'm a dead man. Yeah. And I'm sorry I was mean to the vax man. The vax man. Like it's there's too a, late uh, for the vax yeah. man. I'm on a respirator. <laughs> How about, I'm a can't breathe man. Oh, yeah. Oh, here it is. Listen to this. Let me tell you how it will be. That's like the lyrics. Those are the words, yeah. Wait. I'm the vax man. You're in the dirt, man. Same lyric. Yeah. I'm a corpse, man. <laughs> what a song. You know the shitheads who listen to him are like, Did you hear Vax, man? That's a good one. Makes no sense. My life got axed, man. I'm six feet under, man. <laughs> oh, wow. And now you're an embalmed man. <laughs> what was that line? I'm living to no one but me, which is, again, Wait, what the was original it? lyric. I don't even know what yeah, it's you're saying. living because I vaxxed you. That's right. 
dumb shit. He's being eaten by the maggots, man. <laughs> Assuming he wasn't cremated. Sounds like a guy like that would want to be in a nice grave. Yeah. Yeah, taking I up saw, more space. <laughs> I saw his brother on TV. Like, the, the guy was in the hospital, and the brother was like... Uh, brother seemed pretty rational, actually. He was like, yeah, my brother yeah. was very anti-vax, but he has a message for his fans. Get the vaccine, man. Yeah, but I was like, well, okay. Maybe you should have done that on the radio. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. The other thing he would do is he'd bring in, like, guests to pitch what they call like miracle cures for the, for the, yeah. for the virus it's harmless so why do you need a cure yeah why do you need anything right. but this guy came on dr richard bartlett and he said in his practice there was a hundred percent covid survival rate if you inhaled this steroid called budesonide and <laughs> that's like uh, cyanide like, right but i guess phil never inhaled it because um right he died <laughs> you got tape of that yeah clip two uh, All right. This guy came. I want to hear that. <laughs> You'll you hear hear Phil's voice too, well, ladies and gentlemen. I have a guest today who has a cure for your COVID, even though there is no such a thing. Be, but be if you do get Devesonide, will save you. <laughs> and I'll as it you. turns out, what they had given me as a generic at the drugstore was essentially what you were prescribing for folks with coronavirus. Uh, how do you pronounce this again? Budesonide, if you use the breathing treatment, it's targeted medicine. It's like turning the faucet off for the mm. poisons to be delivered into the bloodstream. And so it's mm. a game changer. I've had, we've been using this since March. Zero of my patients have died. Zero percent of my <laughs> patients. And I know thousands are being, have been treated with this. Budesonideworks.com is the website. It's $3 oh. a treatment. It's pre-mixed, pre-measured. This nice. is a winning strategy. Gee, amazing! None of none of us have heard yeah. of this, Dr. and none Fauci of us know whether none of us know whether the people he gave this to had COVID. I just wonder if Phil took a little divesonide before he uh, went. I guess Oops. not. If it's a hundred percent survival rate, well, it's pretty good odds, even still, if you had a, like all your patients lived except for Phil. So, <laughs> yeah, it's a good study. How do they, what do they do when this guy dies? Do they find someone equally wacky to replace him on the radio? He's probably like, we we're trying out a guy today, but he's evidently he's for the vaccine. We got to get rid of him. Yeah. <laughs> he's not getting any ratings. Yeah. yeah well, I just guy... read a, a, about a radio guy <laughs> who actually said, look, people just take the vaccine. And he worked for one of those Christian stations that was owned by some Christian organization and he got fired. Yeah. Oh, God, yeah. We he don't want a... you pushing the vaccine on our channels. <laughs> yeah, we're we're going for wacky all the time, twenty four hours a day. Ninety nine wacky. And here's your next wacky host. <laughs> it's the he doesn't believe in cancer or seatbelts. Right. And uh, <laughs> JT on the air in South Carolina. What up? Hey now. Hey now. Hey now. Uh, no. I spoke to you. Hey now, hey now, hey now. Uh, I spoke to you um, months ago. I called in originally, and we talked about my uh, my lip noodle problem. And uh, yeah. you guys gave me some great advice to do that. I got that all straightened out. But right around the time that I started getting back into the action, um, I got the Delta variant. Yeah, we take uh, Devexanide for uh, uh, lymph noodle syndrome. Oh yeah, I, it, it worked like a charm. Let me tell you. <laughs> uh, so you were saying you got the Delta variant? 
Yeah, I did. I got the Delta variant. And the thing that happened with me was uh, when I went to the doctors to get my COVID test, I passed out and somebody started doing CPR on me and they broke my sternum and three ribs when they did the CPR. So I'm sitting in there with, uh, you know, COVID pneumonia in the hospital trying not to cough with broken ribs and everything like that. But I say that to say all this, man. Uh, you guys got me through even though you were on break. I listen to you every day and I was fully vaccinated. And it saved my life. Uh, doctors had told me that if I hadn't been vaccinated, I would for sure would have been on a ventilator because I have all kinds of um, pre-existing conditions, diabetes, high blood pressure, things like that. Mm. And, well, there uh, you go. There's some, there's, that somehow, life. if we, uh, these guys can't put guys like this on the radio because he's making too much sense. we got to applaud you, JP. Thank you for that information. In the world. You're welcome. Right. Thanks, man. Too many kooks, right, not enough people making sense. We're all anti-science now. Let's see. You want more of this? Yeah, this is fast. This next guy's a real fuck. <laughs> By the way, I should say this Phil Valentine character was very pro-vaccine at the end when he was laying on the bed, just so you know. <laughs> that won't save you. Like, just saying you're now for the vaccine will not save you once you're sick. What else you got? This next guy, I'd never heard of this guy, and thank God, because what a piece of shit. Conservative radio host and pastor, Bob Enyard. So he died at, from COVID at 62. He goes way back. He had a, a public access show in the 80s where he was, you know, very anti-gay, of course, and he would get on the air and read AIDS patient obits while playing Another One Bites the Dust in the background and basically mock them for dying of the virus on the air. Um, and he had some really, as you can imagine, really wacky views on abortion. I found a clip. I think this is from the 90s or the early 2000s. He's on C-SPAN, and he's telling a caller why he doesn't believe in abortion, even in cases of rape and incest. That's clip. That's right. hardcore. Let's hear yeah. that. Uh, if a woman is uh, pregnant because her own father raped her, do you think it's okay that she should be put through that emotional turmoil Abortion for incest is cruel. What it does is it encourages the would-be criminal to rape his young relative. And he knows if she's pregnant, if he impregnates her, he can bring her to Planned Parenthood and nationwide <laughs> systematically refuse to comply with mandatory reporting for suspected sexual abuse of minors so the mm. abortion clinic often sends the victim home with her rapist to be continually sexually mm. molested uh planned parent what's that guy's name jt or something B B bob enyard oh bob enyard uh, bob hi i'm a big a long time listener and uh rush limbaugh is too normal for me so i started listening to you and i got a question about this here abortion yeah, go ahead. They always sound like an expert. Pastor. Yeah. <laughs> I got to get in on that pastor thing. Well, you know, my sister's child, who's only nine, was raped not only by her uncle, but the family dog. Now, in cases where a beast is uh, involved, where the dog gets the girl, a, a relative dog and a relative, <laughs> have sex with a young lady, do you now believe in abortion? No, absolutely. <laughs> First of all, you know, we've never had a half dog baby in this country. 
And our circuses and freak shows are running out of material. So that you would be doing the country a, a great service by having half dog baby. <laughs> so you are in favor of half dog baby? Yes. Yes. Yes, I am. It would be cruel to get rid of a half dog baby. Very even cruel. Though, <laughs> even though this child would have a tail and big dog ears and a wet nose, <laughs> you would say that's okay? Absolutely. And I'm a pastor. An incest dog child is a blessing. It's an absolute blessing from God. Even if it's half dog. Even if it's half dog. That's even more of a blessing. I mean, uh, mutant dog babies have rights. <laughs> okay, I was sure you would say being raped by a dog would be grounds for an abortion. Absolutely not. And this is very personal to me. Believe it or not, my mother was raped by a dog. I am the, I am a dog human raped by a dog. Thank God I wasn't aborted so I can bring you this great radio show. It is a good show. You seem uh, very, very involved, and we like that out here. Yes. Let me tell you something that I've never said before. There's lots of dead puppy babies buried behind that Planned Parenthood. I see what you're saying now. I, I too, am for uh, no abortions, even in the case of dog rape. Right. Mutant abortion, dog babies. Abortion encourages the dogs to keep raping. To rape more people. That is correct, Rob. <laughs> you get it. And by the way, let me mention that mutant dog babies make great bodyguards, as you know. <laughs> yeah, they're very, very uh, good in the military, I, I, I suppose. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. And and if you like our show, please send me a bone. I will. I had no <laughs> idea you were a result of a dog rape. A dog raping your mother. That's right. And and I'll tell you another advantage. What's that? What's this guy's name again? Bob Bob Enyard. Uh, Bob, what other advantage could there be to being a dog baby? Well, you don't need diapers. Why is that? <laughs> We shit in the yard when we're born. We we go we, we once we're trained we go right outside, <laughs> shit and piss right in the yard. You can lick your Cover own it. ball. <laughs> That's why he's Bob in yard. <laughs> it's yeah, Bob I'm in, in yard. yard. I'm in the yard shitting and licking my asshole. Okay. Um. Uh, go ahead. The greatest thing, the greatest thing about this guy was the radio show. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, the fact that he was half dog was pretty great, allegedly. <laughs> but um, the fact that he hosted a radio show called Real Science Radio. Oh, is that and, what it was called? Yeah, and it was it was <laughs> it was all bullshit. There was no science to it. It was all about how you know, like, well, there's DNA, but God created it. So, so on his show, you can hear. I have a clip of it. You hear the the theme song to the show, which is fantastic, Real Science Radio. And then he starts the show uh, talking about he, how he wants a boycott of COVID vaccines because he claims they were tested on aborted fetal tissue. And that's clip four. And he's dead now? Yes. And, I'm, oh. and I feel no issue saying I'm glad he's dead because he was a fuck. It is a catchy tune. I'll give him that. I think he's another guy who had a band who oh, <laughs> they would okay. sing their own songs. Intelligent design and DNA. Scholars can't explain it all the way. Get ready to be awed by the hand. 
Radio. Here on this program, we've done minimal reporting about COVID-19 vaccines. We Thank have God. briefly mentioned that some are produced using fetal tissue and that this is a great moral transgression that needs to be opposed. We've listed some of the pharmaceutical firms taking an immoral approach, including Moderna and Johnson & Johnson, and then others that have been developing without harvested parts of aborted unborn babies. What? I'm starting to think that COVID deniers are, are assholes. You know, yeah. Just starting to think or, that. Or they got COVID and it scrambled their brains to make them even... You got anybody else that's good? Yeah, well, <laughs> I do. So this woman was a QAnon kind of nut. 64-year-old Veronica. What's that? I don't even know what like that. I know they believe in wacky theories, QAnon. But it's just another, yeah, it's just another club for for wacky people to get together and and believe a bunch of shit. So 64-year-old Veronica Wolski. And she was this old lady who, like, there's a video of her. I have a clip for you here, clip five. She would go into like local businesses and kind of terrorize them. She'd wear a Zorro, she'd wear a Zorro mask. And when people would say, ma'am, you can't come in here with you need a mask. She'd go, I got, I got a mask on, sweetie. Don't worry. So she oh. was, thought she was very clever. Yeah. She came up a with a, like a, a bit like, Hey, I am wearing a mask, a goof. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm wearing my Zorro mask, asshole. Yeah. Hello. I have a face mask on, honey. And I have a medical exemption and a doctor's note. <laughs> so like I have, um, uh, somebody sent me an email. Ma'am, I'm not helping you. I'll get the manager, please. I have a medical exemption. Would have been so much easier to just walk in a store with an actual mask on and well, go in Well, not to mention, this woman died of COVID. She died of it. So a real mask. <laughs> it is funny. I, I She's mean, so it's smart, though. She had the Zorro, she she died with the Zorro mask on. I mean, did she have that bit going all the way into the hospital? Yeah, I think she. Uh, I think she made a Z with her bed sheets or something. Yeah. I don't know. The thing that it's happening now with these people, though, is so all her Q, her crazy QAnon supporters kind of surrounded the hospital and they demanded her release. And what they mm. wanted to do, they had an ambulance waiting for her. They wanted to take her out of the hospital and give her this horse dewormer, ivermectin. Right. And this seems to be something that's happening now. When these people get sick, they claim it's not COVID that's killing them. It's medical malpractice on behalf of the hospitals because they're refusing oh. well, to good. treat them with Let either them budesonide, ivermectin, whatever that shit is. They're gargling now. So then is. why don't we let them out and let their fans come take them and bring them over to the horse dewormer guy? Well, there <laughs> there was a story the other day about mm. some hospital did and the guy died like a day later. Yeah. So good. I mean, don't, I mean, don't clog up the hospitals with them. Go over to the vet and get the uh, horse dewormer. But do you right. mean the, these people aren't saying, no, leave me in the hospital. Don't let those people get me. <laughs> I think they wake up and go, wait, I'll, I'll take my I'll, I'll now I'll, I'll stick with science. I mean, you, uh, can, you can almost feel sorry for this woman because it sounds like she was just brainwashed by whatever was going on. But at the same time, yeah. like these poor people in these stores, you have to deal with with Zorro coming in and, you know, potentially infecting you. It's not it's not right. And then the last thing we have here is uh, you we talked about these people on the show too, the Alabama Pickers. Yeah. They were this like couple that would sell 
old antique shit on eBay, and they had a whole YouTube channel. And a lot of it was them just going on and being very dismissive about COVID. Well, they, they both died of it. They both caught it and died of it. And here's a clip from the last video they posted. The husband was saying he didn't feel well, but he was like, I'm not going to get a COVID test. You're not going to make me a number. Yeah. I don't want you to know <laughs> if I have COVID or not. I'll show you. I'm wearing a Zorro mask. Right. <laughs> Even the doctor said, oh, it's just something viral or bacterial or whichever one it is. And you just got to let it play itself out. But you need to go get a COVID test. I said, oh, oh okay. I said it real sarcastically. You know, it's not happening. Y'all going to put me down on the government list as a statistic? <laughs> there you go. He's laughing all the way to the grave. All right. He avoided it. He avoided it. it. <laughs> A lot of idiots in our number. country. He, did, he I, showed I was, us. I was real sarcastic. It's shit. <laughs> you ain't putting me on the ground. I ain't going to be no statistic. <laughs> it is Darwinism um, that is at its finest, man. It is real-time Darwinism. I have a... Uh, well, I'm evidently in touch with the Biden White House, according to one article, and <laughs> I've been uh, trying to get these people to die. So, uh, Hey, I have kind of a related covid phony phone call if you want before i go to break oh, yeah? yeah the guys took drops of me talking about covid and they called a radio show and i was arguing with the host why i refused to go to my son's wedding it's just basically me chopped up to sound like a complete asshole it's great <laughs> and the, and the host totally buy it it's great so here this is a good capper to that bit here's uh me calling into a talk show yelling about COVID. Okay, we have a caller. Hi, I have a big problem. I'm getting married. My dad won't come to my wedding. Yeah. He's paranoid about this pandemic, and he won't leave the house. He won't leave his basement. I didn't get vaccinated yet, and he's pissed at that as well. Just go get vaccinated, you cunt. Dad, how dare you speak to me that way? I can't deal with this. You speak to him. His name is Howard. Howard. Hello? Hi, Howard. Have you gotten the vaccine? Whether we have or haven't, it's not going to be shared on the radio. Gotta be kidding me. But go ahead. Go ahead, Howard. We have an America that's, you know, filled with people who still refuse to get vaccinated. And yeah. They're fucking it all up. Yeah, well, yeah. that's it's a concern. I, I, I agree with you that there's a concern. Thanks to our fellow American assholes who no. will not get vaccinated. No, I don't agree. Wow. I, this is your son's wedding. And I'm just wondering, are there any precautions that would make you feel safer so that your son could be satisfied? That precautions that you could take? No. Precautions that your son could take? No. Implementing mandatory masks? No. Distancing? No. I never want to leave my house again. But your son has a right to be upset that his father's not attending his wedding. I don't care. I don't want to go. So do you do, uh, Howard, may I ask? So how do you go to, about your day-to-day -day life? I'm putting a bag over my head and never, and never ever leaving the house. That's, to me, a problem. Wrong. I don't need to see people. I don't care. My suggestion to you is if you're... A, a half a million people died. I feel like I'm going to vomit. Howard, if you're going to make this decision and stick to it, then relax your mind with the tension. You know, Howard, always... Like, last month, we read a report that COVID can fuck with your boner. Ugh. Howard. You asshole. You could lose your boner, you dumb fuck. Ugh. Now I feel like shit. I'm gonna throw up. Yeah. No, don't. Don't. Uh, oh. <laughs> well... Ah! Oh, fuck you all! 
You know, Howard, all we can say is you don't want to inhabit your body in a hostile environment within your own mind. Fuckers. Don't, don't draw the line internally and say, well, now I'm going to make myself sick. Oh, fuck you. Oh. <laughs> okay. He's gone. I don't know if I'm going to but That shattered me. Quite devastating. Sadly. This is the world we live in. Well, we're back on the air in a week. Bye. I don't even know. First of all. We have to wait another week for that next show. Yeah. Shattered me. Shattered. Well, they're shattered. <laughs> Their life's in tatters. Tatters. They, um, that's some show too, like, not to be, uh, an, not to be overly authoritarian, but. I am pretty good on the radio, I guess, but enough people listen to me that I can make a few comments on that show. How do you stay so relaxed when a guy's vomiting on your show? Howard? Howard? I mean, you know, oh, show no, a little don't energy. Make yourself sick. <laughs> <laughs> I like they're not going to reveal if they're vaccinated. Like it's some big secret. We, uh, we yeah, don't talk about deal? that on the air. What? We don't talk about that on the air. No. We Which will we not reveal about? that. <laughs> not, not on this show anyway. <laughs> Maybe next week's show. Yeah. Hey. Anyway, good job, Chris. Nice compilation of crazies. Crazies and people who kind of kind of hard not to be a little glad some of these people are gone. I hate to say it, but. Yeah. There you go. Very angry do? Chris Wilding this morning Very who good. says he wants everyone gone who's uh, anti-vax. I get it. I'm okay, shattered. Thank you. I'm shattered. Yep. Thank you. <laughs> Meanwhile, I feel bad for that radio show. I better call in again because uh, how are you going to follow up that exciting show with a new episode? They're taking a week to find a new caller. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, yeah, so there you go. There you go. A lot going on. Yeah, you're right in the middle of the story. I know. I got a lot of press on my COVID views. I was kind of shocked. I mean, I when we got back from vacation, I just went on the air and went, you know, I don't even know what I said. I said something like, everyone should get vaccinated and fuck people who don't. And next thing I knew is like major news. Like I'm, I'm pretty now you're guy. right there with Biden, Pelosi, Fauci, Stern. Yeah. Stern. Those guys should call me. Let's hook up. Let's really get, let's start conspiring. As long as they think we are. I would love to conspire. I would love to. Hey, you got to hear this. This is pretty exciting. I didn't know this. Gary told me this this morning that I was asked to be I one of, to. Uh, I was asked to sign one of those, uh, celebrity, um, what do you call that? Like petition? a, yeah, I didn't know I was asked. But what was for, it about? Well, this is how the whole thing came about. So the guys were telling me that a whole bunch of celebrities got together and signed a petition, like important celebrities like Ava Longoria. Is she still important? <laughs> yes. Eva. I think she's very political. Yeah. What did she do again? I don't even know her work. She Eva was in Longoria. Desperate Housewives. Uh, several years ago, and now she produces things and yeah. endorses things, and she, you know, gets out there on the campaign trail. Okay, well, a bunch of celebrities decided they wanted to stop 
the pandemic. So they sent a petition to world leaders. Uh, and names like Anne Hathaway. Eva, I like Anne Hathaway. She's a good actress. Eva Longoria, Anne Hathaway, and Peter Dinklage, your boyfriend. Oh, well, did you signed. sign? <laughs> no, I wasn't asked to sign that one. I even said, I said to the guys this morning, kind of joking around, I never get to ask. I never get asked. Maybe I do, and my agent doesn't tell me, because I, I found out like uh, there were some acting roles and things that he turned down, and I didn't even know about, because I told him, don't huh? tell me, just turn everything down. I don't want to do anything. So uh, anyway, I was kind of like, oh, how's, you know, and I was kind of being goofy. I said, well, how's that going to stop COVID? If Ava, if I get an, a petition from Eva Longoria and I'm, let's say, the chancellor of Germany, do I really give two fucks? Like, how does that <laughs> do anything? But all right, at least I guess they're trying to do something. Uh, and then Gary said, you got asked to be on um, some global warming uh, petition with a whole bunch of famous people. I go, really? And there were some good people on it. Dare I say my global warming petition that I could have signed was a way better list than the people who signed the anti-COVID petition. Oh, really? Yeah. Howard, you should you should start by with who you were asked by to sign this petition. Who contacted Who asked me? I don't know. Who did? It was uh, Camila Cabello and Sean Mendes together. Oh, they're together. A-list. They were interested, and they wanted you. What? You mean I got a personal message from camilla cabello and sean mendez i mean Two young people you know the young people look up to me robin you don't realize i didn't know that you were that influential with the young people why didn't i sign it gary i sent it to your agent he probably didn't tell you about it <laughs> he signed it uh yeah my agent doesn't like me uh signing stuff but, and by the way if you've noticed Global warming is still going on because I didn't sign it. If I had signed it, I think it might have turned the tide. They really needed you, and you weren't there. Yeah. No kidding. Like, how does Sean Mendez and Camilla Cabello contact me? So I know their publicist, and she said, hmm. "Hey, could you pass this along to Howard from Camilla?" And then nice. it's a letter, but it looks oh. the letter. I would have to you have to say it looks a little. It's not personalized for you. You think? It's a form letter <laughs> that they sent to a bunch of people. Uh, no, I, she should have called me directly. And I would tell her how hot she looked in that video. Remember that first video? What's that song she does? It's got, where she's dancing around. What's the big hit that Camilla Cabello had? Havana? You got Havana, yeah. Sexy little video. I've watched that several times. It's my penis talking. <laughs> so I should call them and say, you don't want to sign the document on global warming, but uh, she gets your penis talking? No, don't say something. That's crazy. No, what, what you say is that it's going to take a personal phone call. Everybody should just get it. That it's going to take a personal request to get Howard to sign a petition. Well, I get nervous. I'm not going to sign any petition. I get nervous. Remember a bunch of celebrities appeared in a video <laughs> that... Uh, Remember that? There was some sort of where they all sang and everyone yeah, had a match on them. I think Gal Gadot. <laughs> yeah, Gal Gadot put it together. Wonder Woman. Wonder Woman had a great idea. She sang Imagine and got a bunch of celebrities to sing Imagine with her. And and then when it came out, everybody goofed on them. So I can't, I, I don't know what's cool and what isn't. I don't know that the, the petition's going to be cool. I need a list of names. I need to know what everyone else is doing. You might wind up on the wrong list. 
Yeah. Well, Howard, they did send a list of names. I will tell you that they did send a list of names that they had sent it out to. And it's super long. But it's, you know, like Ellen DeGeneres, Don Cheadle, mm. Adina Menzel, Jimmy Fallon, oh. Joey King, mm. John Legend. Joey King. Julia Louis-Dreyfus, <laughs> Kerry Washington, Lin-Manuel mm. Miranda. And I think a lot of those people signed it. Wow. Robert Redford. Wow. Yeah, I heard when uh, the petition was sent to the... President Xi of China, he uh, he said, no, Howard Stern? Ah, fuck this. I'm not, uh, we're going to keep releasing carbon. We thought uh, he would be a part of this. Don't you, don't you, do you really think these letters are going to do it? I mean, I, I'm all for, you know, doing something about the environment, but do you really think these letters signed by celebrities are going to help? I, I don't know. But I didn't realize it was such a powerful list that I was asked to be a part of. I might have, maybe I should have been, let's see. J.J. Abrams signed it. Kate Blanchett. Mm. Don Cheadle. Glenn Close. The inimitable Steve Brandano. (laughs) (laughs) Amy Mann. No, not Amy Mann. Coldplay signed it. James Corden, Ellen DeGeneres. Billy Eilish, Jimmy Fallon. This is very A-list. Barbara Streisand, Robert Redford, Sean Penn. So I guess the problem is taken care of. They don't even need me. I'd only ruin this. A lot of these people might have not signed if I was on it. <laughs> Although, look at World War II. A petition um, Shirley Temple signed a petition telling Hitler to stop gassing the Jews, and he stopped as soon as he saw that. Really? Yeah. He had yeah. that much clout back then. Yeah. He liked good ship lollipop the way she sang it. He went back to shooting them. He was like, "Um, on that, on that, uh, Shirley Temple is cute. (laughs) A beautiful Aryan child. I'm actually, I'm actually putting a petition together just with prominent radio people to stop global warming. And that's what I'm working on right now. Who are you sending it to? Cousin Brucey, sure. <laughs> Once he signs, everyone else will sign. Yeah. Cousin G. What is that drop? Is that the actual Cousin Brucey? That's not Cousin Brucey. No, that's John Goodman doing a Brucey kind of sound. It's, but it's, it's actually, good. It's good. <laughs> John Goodman. Excellent actor. Yeah, I'm thinking like maybe a human Newman. I could get human Newman to sign. <laughs> Booker, we know him. Bubba the Love Sponge, I can get on there. Bus oh, there you go. Gift. That Love Sponge name yeah. makes people think. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yeah, Murray the K's gone. Can't get him. Yeah. Human Newman, Cousin Brucey, that type of uh, kid Chris probably over in St. Louis. Get him in on it. I know him. I know all the big names in radio. <laughs> Meanwhile, I have no idea what's going on in radio. I get this newsletter, but you know how I used to be like an expert on what's going on in radio. Oh, yeah. Not anymore. I don't know. I like, I couldn't even tell you, like, what's the number one station in New York right now? Like, we live in New York. I haven't listened to radio since we left it. I just don't, I don't know. There's no reason. There's too many commercials. Yeah, I'm the same way. I just want to hear some music or be entertained by somebody I really want to listen to. I don't want to 
have to guess at what songs are going to be on and hear some song that's a clunker mm-hmm. to me. So I stick with Sirius. Oh, yeah, I'm on it all day. Absolutely. God bless Sirius. But uh, I don't know one thing that's going on in, like, local radio. In fact, I, I, Kid Chris, you know, speaking of local radio in St. Louis, I think he's in St. Louis. He he called me, and he was he talking to me about radio and what's going on and blah, 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 blah. He was asking me a couple of questions. I asked him a couple of things. And, you know, I just... It sounds horrible to me. I don't know. What's the number one station in New York where we live? I mean, wh- what is it? I don't even know. Is it Scott Shannon and uh, WCBS FM or what? I would think. I don't know. WINS, the news station. Howard, it looks like it's WBLS, which is tied with WLTW, Light FM. Really? WBLS? Hmm. WBLS is the urban station, which means a black station. They play... Uh, I don't know what they play now, but back in the day, WBLS used to be kind of a joke because no advertisers would advertise on it because it was a black audience. Meanwhile, now look who's laughing. WBLS has got everybody. They stuck with it. Now everybody's coming. (laughs) See? Black people are winning. OJ, you like, uh, yeah, yeah. WBLS, OJ. I used to listen to that station, um, when I was younger, I was one of those cool white guys. Made me feel like I was hip. I'd listen to the black stations. And I liked it. You know why I like WBLS? In the middle of a song, just randomly in the middle of the song, you'd hear WBLS. They play it right. They play that, the logo right in the middle of the song. And I was like, that's outrageous. <laughs> well, who's laughing now? Exactly. This here, it's not even hip hop, it's R and B. I don't even know the difference. I don't know what that means. Well, R and B is like you know, the songs with you know, love songs, you know, Smokey Robinson mm. and all that stuff. Wow. So it's not like uh, the, the old WBLS with Johnny what was that guy's name? Frankie Crocker. He was right. The, he was the man. He was the dude. Yeah. Are there any rock stations left? And didn't WPLJ become a um, a religious station? That was the end for me. I was like, when no. PLJ becomes a religious station, I think radio's over. I love that radio station. I loved it. Jim Kerr. I could tell you the whole lineup on there. It's over, Johnny. Was Jim Kerr and Shelley Sonstein in the morning? Then you had Zachary Middays for a while, which was unbelievable. Zachary, <laughs> who used to play a, a, like a Dracula on TV. On a kitty show that I watched, and then all of a sudden, Zachary was the midday guy, and then uh, rounding out the afternoon, they had Tony Pig, and they had Carol Miller at night. It was really good. Jimmy Fink was on there. Now it's a fucking religious station. How can that be? Radio oh, got so shitty so quickly. Yeah, it's super weird. So I was in the car over the summer, and I, I just was on FM radio. And I'm like, let me see what's going on on the dial, and I'd forgotten. That PLJ went Christian. So I turned it on and it sounds like a lot of the music that you hear on the radio, you know, girls sing. It sounds pretty normal. And then, you know, it's on for a minute. And then I'm like, oh, I think they're singing about God. And then, then it reminded me, you know, what I mean? the songs are like <laughs> yeah. kind of weird. And didn't they buy that station for like a couple, like a, like $3 million or something? It's crazy. I mean, like, I, uh, yeah, it was, I, I heard it wasn't 
what it was once worth, but but it was once worth like around a hundred million dollars. You couldn't touch that station for under ninety. Mm, weird. Did you know that at McDonald's, that that grimace character, that big purple kind of blobby looking thing, is a a giant taste bud? No, I didn't know that. Yeah. This guy, uh, Brian Bates, he's a, uh, he used to be a manager at McDonald's. He, he was named Outstanding Manager of the Year, so it gives you an idea of the gravitas this guy holds in the McDonald's organization. <laughs> this guy's a major player. and He's moving right up. He was on uh, CBC News, whatever that is. What is that, Canadian News? I don't know. Maybe, CBC? yeah, maybe that's the Canadian Broadcasting Company yeah, or something. It is CBC. Gravitas. Um, he made this shocking revelation about Grimace. I always thought, I always thought, you know, he's that big giant purpley look. I always thought it was like he was like a big purple shit that people took after they <laughs> ate McDonald's. You know, and he was always so violently angry. Uh, but it turns out Grimace is a giant taste bud. Well, I'm glad that. that was pointed out to me. I would never have guessed it. Hmm. Hollywood heavyweights pushing to get more people vaccinated. Oh, that's oh, that's the petition thing. Oh. Hey, listen to this. Hollywood heavyweights pushing to get more people vaccinated. Eva Longoria and Hathaway, Debbie Allen and Richard Gere are among dozens of celebrities who have signed an open letter urging world leaders to boost vaccination efforts around the globe. Other signatories include Connie Britton, Russell Wilson, Jordana Brewster, Karamo hmm. Brown, Bobby Burke, Tan France, Joel McHale, Laura Linney, Idina Menzel, Deborah Messing, Tamara Mowry Housley, Alexandra Daddario. Tamara Ho and Joe McHale. And they get on it. It's all of a sudden sounding like school closings. <laughs> <laughs> I could have been on. Well, not, I, I didn't get asked on that one. I got asked on the, I think the better one, the climate change one. Uh-huh. Yeah. <sighs> <laughs> yeah. Sean Mendez was very desirous of getting my name on that. Who knew that Camilla was so uh, into the environment? Mm-hmm. Alyssa Milano and Yvette Nicole Brown, just to name a few. Hmm. It's more than a few. I can feel the earth cooling already because of that petition. <laughs> well, that's the pandemic one. Oh, that's the pandemic. Right. Right, Robin. <laughs> Is the rest of the world now vaccinated? Uh-huh. Was there a rem- push from world leaders not to vaccinate their people? What was, I don't understand. I don't know. I don't even know. I don't know. But I, I could have been part of some petition. I just know that. Uh, and I would, and then I'd be like, yeah, I did my part. Fuck it. Put my name on that thing. And now, uh, let's see if that, let's see if we can't get the planet together. Let the rest of you do something now that I've signed the petition. I know uh, a couple of people I spoke to um, were waiting. To hear who signed the petition before they got vaccinated. <laughs> and uh, now they're fully vaccinated. Oh, so here's this guy talking about the uh, grimace on McDonald's commercials. He claims it's a giant taste bud. All right. All right. What is the deal with grimace? What is that? Well, you know, I don't, this is not an official thing, but what I have always heard and been told is that grimace 
is a taste bud. Oh. That's, that's what Grimace is. He's a taste bud. Okay. Yeah. He, he seems like he's bigger than Ronald and the Hamburglar and those guys. It's an enormous taste bud. He is an enormous taste bud, but a taste bud nonetheless. <laughs> so what's that supposed to, to tell you, that uh, things taste good at McDonald's? Yeah, that McDonald's tastes great. And, you know, and Grimace, you know, he's a friendly guy. He's always got a smile on his face. So, you know, nothing wrong with that. <laughs> I think we just broke some news here. No one else knew that Grimace was a taste bud until now. Actually, uh, I had heard that Grimace was a giant tumor that forms in your colon after you eat McDonald's for a couple of years straight. This is not official. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is not official. Yeah. It's actually a big, giant purple turd. Uh, a lot of people have reported after eating our hamburgers and milkshakes that their 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 feces, their feces, is uh, purple, and so that's the origin of grimace. And uh, hamburger, I don't know so much. I think he's just like a he's an impacted anus. <laughs> <laughs> that's Who as is fascinating grimace? as an interview. Somebody's interviewing about the characters, the puppets that uh, advertise McDonald's. Thank God I'm big enough to be talking to Mick Jagger on Wednesday. You know, <laughs> I, I don't want to interview not, the, not the manager the of the manager. year, <laughs> outstanding manager of the year. That's right. Yeah. So tell me, um, what is a grimace? That's that funky looking thing that shows up on your colonoscopy when you're very ill. They, they, they removed that big polyp. He's a giant ass polyp that uh, many times is uh, formed from eating unhealthy foods. Oh, okay. Big purple polyp. Um, Grimace, here's a fact. Grimace started out as an evil character with multiple pairs of arms that stole milkshakes from children. So he was evil at first. He was mean. Right, well... It seems to me that most of the McDonald's characters were kind of evil. The Hamburglar, he's stealing your hamburger. Yeah. Grimace is stealing everything else. <laughs> they did an image makeover, and Grimace became a big, dumb idiot. So he's just like a big, stupid asshole now. He's just like, Arr, here. Here is Grimace being rehydrated by milkshakes in an old commercial. Here he is. Here, here is the Grimace voice. Hi, Grimace. Where you going? Just gonna soak up a little sun. Well, while you're soaking up a little sun, we'll soak up some McDonald's frosty thick shakes. Dum dum to the beach, to the beach, Yeah. I think we have discovered what happened to America. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It turns out, like actual mayors are now Mayor McCheese. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, I thought that was interesting. You still following Gabby Petito? They found the body. Yes, of course. Well, we knew that last week. They had a memorial service for her this weekend. Yeah. I didn't know if you were following it or you were busy with other things this weekend. We didn't catch no, up. No, I, oh. I kept an ear out mm. for any Gabby Petito news because I was waiting for them to figure out where this guy got off to. And I was actually listening to John Walsh. Um, oh, the missing guy? On, guy? Like CNN, yeah, the guy who yeah. goes and looks for people. Right. And he said those parents should be arrested. And I was like, you know what? I agree with him. That, you know, the, the uh, laundry parents who kept that kid in the house and then helped him. He says he feels they helped him get away. 
and uh, didn't tell the police to give him time to to really secret himself off to someplace. And they have been completely uncooperative through this whole thing, too. So that would be like aiding and abetting. Yeah, everybody's into this uh, theory that the reason America's captivated is because she's a hot white chick, which I don't debate either. I mean, um, I look at that and I'm like, hey, how'd that guy get her? The guy who killed uh, the guy who they think is a suspect. The person of interest. Yeah, I think there's more to it, though. They lived in a van. uh, And I'm I'm very, very, very taken with this van life thing. Yeah. These are people who spend months in a van. And I'm like, this dude somehow convinced this hot chick and she was hot. And he was kind of scary looking, but he convinced her to spend her life in a van with him and. Um, well, you know. first he he convinced her to move into his house with his parents. Like yeah. when you're with a girl, you're not trying to get them to live with you in your parents' basement or something, are you? Right. No, no. And his parents must have been real afraid of him. He's, he looks like he was like a, a scary kind of kid. And uh, because like my parents wouldn't let me move in with like if I, if I said my parents, first of all, I didn't have anybody who was willing to move in. But if I was lucky enough to find a girl like I want I listen, mom, dad, I can't get laid that easily. This girl, for some reason, is way into me. She needs to be in my bedroom and share my room with me and share my life. My father would tell me, to go fuck myself. Um, and, listen, you're a child. You're not while you live under my roof. You're not moving in with Gabby Pacino. Mom, I can't get girls. This is the only one I can find. I don't care. My rules. I'm going to have to. Uh, uh, I'm going to get you. <laughs> You're going to get me. Oh, listen, who pays the bills around here? Not you, Dad. Your father's not letting you. Where's my stick? I'm going to beat you with it. My mom had a stick, a hanger, a hanger. Wait till your father comes home and hears you want to move Gabby Petito into your bedroom. Mom, please. I, I, she's so hot. She wears shorts. And if you don't, I'm going to buy a van and go around the country with her if you don't let. Go ahead. Let me see you get a job and get a van. You think it's easy? <laughs> and my mom my mom would not have let me move a girl in there at all i wasn't allowed to have girls up to my bedroom i mean never mind actually you want to know the truth my parents i, I had friends who were girls they always came into my bedroom because my mother knew no girl was fucking me <laughs> she had no concerns Go ahead and shut the door. I don't see any girls. <laughs> You've got the stern jeans. Uh, you got a point. Yeah, I'm going to lock the door. Don't worry. Nothing's going to happen. I believe you. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, yeah, I'm just always amazed. You see, the reason white dudes like me follow this story, we we always think we should be getting Gabby Petito. Well, you know what? It made me think about it this weekend. You know, this whole thing, everybody making a big fuss. Like, why is she getting so much attention? And I said, there's a fantasy out there. Yeah. Things like this shouldn't happen to her. Right. Because she's this cute white girl 
Life's supposed to be awesome for her. Yeah, they were, um, yeah, that's exactly it. Cause I'm like, shouldn't her life be great? Shouldn't she be the captain of the cheerleaders and getting the football player or whoever else is going to be the most successful in her high school? Yeah. Shouldn't she be sizing up a good provider instead of this douchebag? She should be living a fairy tale life, not running around with a guy in a van. Down by the river. <laughs> anyway, um, then they have one article that showed um, his room, his bedroom, where they were living. And oh yeah, he had he had what a Darth Vader. Yeah, he had like a real nerdy bedroom. He had a Darth Vader helmet. It looked like Ralph's house, you know. It was like <laughs> he had Watchmen comics all over. Then he had like a big oh, giant boy. wooden gun hanging from a bookshelf. <laughs> You know, like me, I said, I'm going, how did he get such a hot chick and get her to, you know, travel around in a van? Yeah, if she was in your high school, you would never even have spoken to her. You know who lived in a van for, like, like this is a weird story. I was talking to Richard Christie, and, you know, he grew uh-huh. up in Kansas and everything. So Richard had a van when he was in high school, and he convinced his parents to let him trick out the van and live in it. Uh, and the whole pitch was, look, I'm going to parties on the weekend drinking. And if I have a van, I'll just park it by my friend's house and sleep in it. And therefore, you don't have to worry about me driving drunk. And his parents, you know, they, I love his parents, but they're kind of hillbillies. They were like, yeah, okay, sure. That makes sense. Sounds huh? like a good idea. Sounds like <laughs> a good plan for you to live in a van and parked in front of your friend's house while you get shit faced. Yeah. I mean, go get I as drunk as you can <laughs> and then yeah. sleep in the van. Mom? Yes? What is it? I have a plan. <laughs> what is it? What does he want? Um, I'm thinking um, I'm going to get a van, and on weekends I'll go to parties if I'm lucky enough to be invited to one, get shit-faced, and then I'll just, you know, I'll just park it in front of my friend's house and live there. Listen to you. You, <laughs> you can't even make $2. Where are you going to get a van? <laughs> Imagine him. He can't even afford gas. <laughs> Whose parents go for that? But Richard's parents were like, yeah, that sounds like a good plan to me. And then Richard was telling me he cut a hole in the floor of the van. And because um, if he had to take a shit, he, he just put like a little plastic seat in, over the hole. And then he would shit. <laughs> Out of the, and then Ugh. he would drive. Yeah, I know. And then he would drive off, and like a, like for the next couple of days, he'd drive by his shit to see what was going on with it. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> yeah, it was actually the passenger seat was a toilet. I found oh. a a guy in a neighboring town had a toilet on his porch for a long time, and I just stopped one day. And I was like, "How much you want for that toilet?" And he sold it to me for like five bucks, and I bolted it. Onto the passenger side of the van. There was no seat there. <laughs> and we cut a hole with a welding torch in the bottom. And, uh, Let me understand yeah. Something. So when yeah. I got into this van, there was the driver's seat. And mm-hmm. then to your right was instead of the uh, passenger seat, it was a toilet. Yes. Yeah. And you cut a hole. And so, like, if, I, if I'm your friend and I'm at, like, you'd go to a party, you'd be drinking. And if you had to take a shit, rather, you just go into your van and shit. <laughs> 
Yeah, like, well, I would do, I would shit in there, but I'd let my buddies do it too, because it's so funny. Like at a party, rather than them going out to shit in the woods or something, they would just get in the passenger side of my van and we'd watch them and watch their face, like with them grunting and stuff. (laughs) (laughs) We'd all wait. We'd kind of lean down where you see, like, at the bottom of the van and we'd wait for the shit to pop onto the ground. It was, it was like entertainment at a keg party. Did you uh did you have toilet paper in there or Yeah, yeah. yeah. I wasn't a heath- total heathen, but yeah, <laughs> cuz it was either that or leaves, but yeah, I'd carry toilet paper around and uh sometimes we'd put ice in it and use it for a cooler too, but like there'd the be toilet streaks in there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like you'd have to really <laughs> be you... careful which beer you grabbed. <laughs> How are you alive, dude? <laughs> My immune system I guess got built up yeah. from all that stuff. Yeah, but uh, my my buddy, I had a four hundred pound buddy that ended up breaking the toilet, <laughs> like sitting oh, on it. So you're kidding? Yeah, you were friends with a guy who weighed four hundred pounds. Yeah, yeah, oh, that's a nice big dog. Yeah, mm, oh, he was dog. awesome. She's I'm just alive? imagining the whole. No, thing he's power, he passed you know. away. What did he pass away from? Um, uh, I I'm not exactly sure, but. It's it's been a few years, but he was a he mm. was an awesome dude. What were his shits like when they'd come flying out of the van? <laughs> I don't think he ever actually shit there because he broke it. So I don't think we got to see. But <laughs> what would happen when you shit, and then like you you draw like like sometimes you just shit in the street, right? You yeah, know, with the toilet, well, and then I didn't want people coming up behind me. What, like, while I'm parked in the road shitting? That would have been the most embarrassing death ever if I got rear-ended by a tractor trailer while I'm shitting, you know? So I'd pull off onto uh, old gravel roads that nobody hardly ever drove down. But what I'm saying is you kind of remembered where you shat, and then you'd, like, like, drive by every day to see what's happening with your shit? Uh, Yeah, I would just drive by because, you know, it was, like, (laughs) on my way home from school or something, and... I just go look to cool. see if an animal ate it or if somebody drove through it. Like sometimes, <laughs> sometimes oh, there'd yeah. be like a tire mark through it, and I yeah. would laugh. <laughs> or there, sometimes there'd be like a bicycle tire mark through some of them, and I'd be like, "Oh my god, that poor person that rode their bike through that." So you would get out and examine. You couldn't tell this from yeah. The hey, yeah. Robin. He walked over and took a look. Yeah, and park his van. Yeah. Hey, Robin. Look over there. That van is taking a shit. <laughs> Richard, like, driving by. Hey, hey, look. That, my shit has flies on it now. Look at that. <laughs> <laughs> this is fun. Uh, but I'm oh, getting a picture of was... the whole thing. That he lives in a community where there's a dilapidated toilet sitting on a porch. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, and literally, the guy I yeah. bought it from, his name was Stinky. Like, that was his nickname, this guy Stinky. He had, like, How all was your kinds name of not stuff stinky? on his porch. Did your van smell like shit? It must have, like, because... Yeah, stuff, oh, it's yeah. not... Well, it also smelled because I would sleep in there on the weekends, and I'd be all sweaty and nasty and drunk, and it just smelled like bad body odor and shit. And how come yeah, you but, couldn't get like a, a Gabby Petito in there? Did you ever get laid in that van? Oh my God. There wasn't a woman within a hundred feet of that van ever. <laughs> no, <laughs> yeah, that's I what never, I mean. I, how did this guy orchestrate her in a van? I mean, I saw her. Well, She's hot. Well, I mean, he, he must have had a nicer van than I did because mine was, mine looked like, you know, Jeffrey Dahmer's van. 
There, there was. I knew there was no chance of a woman getting me, in your, line. Your van was like those James Bond movies where they go, James, we've invented a new car. <laughs> this one, 007, your feces will go right onto the road. You will not, even if you're chasing Goldfinger, you can just shit in the, in the seat right next to you, and it'll, it'll eject, and, uh, and then you can get right back to the chase of Goldfinger. Oh, you know what's funny? You know where? You know where? You never got a girl in your van? No, never. I never got laid in high school. No, I. Uh, you know where? Like, hey, I'd... Gabby, come take a dump in my van. <laughs> you know, I'm lucky I didn't get in big trouble because sometimes I would sleep in the Taco Tico parking lot, like I park my van uh, in the Taco Tico parking lot, and I'd shit shit in their parking lot. <laughs> and it's like I'm lucky well, I didn't get a like the Taco Tico didn't arre- have me arrested. No, because you're you're doing it in a decent way with your toilet. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not seven. squatting out once in public. You, once you shit on the road, your enemies will slide off the road in your shit, oh. and you will defeat them. <laughs> That's right. Secret weapon. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I can't believe your parents went along with that. They were really cool parents. I mean, they, you know, their their thing was, hey, as long as you're not drinking and driving, we know you go into these keg parties. Uh, so they were fine with me sleeping in the van and sleeping it off. That you know, and they also didn't want me smoking grass. And as long as I didn't do that, they were okay with me drinking. So I saw that picture of you from high school when you were in that van, and um. Like you had a full head of hair back then, but you know before you went bald, and even your hair was mm-hmm. shitty. Like you, like you almost had no hair on top, and you had like long hair on oh, the yeah. side. Like you always had bad hair. <laughs> yeah, you know what? I I screwed my hair up too because I used to crimp it. Remember those crimpers in the eighties? <laughs> you like tried to make it thickness. all wavy. <laughs> yeah. I burned it so bad, and I never uh, trimmed it or never cut the split ends. That it was just the rattiest old mop. Um, I don't miss it at all, actually. Do we want to speak to this guy in Oklahoma? He claims uh, he knows about van. He he evidently lived van life like uh, oh, Gabby yeah? Petito and her boyfriend. You never actually drove it anywhere, did you, Richard? Like and went like on a trip for months in like you know, not in that van, but I toured with bands all throughout the nineties in vans, and it's uh, yeah. it's a hard life. I mean, yeah. we. Yeah, like sleeping six guys in a van is not easy. You know, when we got to stop at a campground and camp out, that was like a the five star hotel for us. Did you read Dave Grohl's book yet? It's, he's coming on tomorrow. No, I want he, to. He did a lot. I of can't wait. Traveling. Yeah, he did a yeah, lot. Yeah, and uh, he would go stories, with his band. Right? He was in a punk band, and they would just like travel around in a van, and it was horrible. <laughs> I he, think he I, did a whole documentary about bands touring in vans. Actually, yep. Hey, Jesse, in Oklahoma. Yeah. Hey, now. Uh, here. Hey, now. Yeah, I, I actually am uh, I'm living hey in now. my van right now. I've been doing it for almost a year, and I just travel the country and photograph uh, WHL axe throwing tournaments. Well, let me see if I have this short, what you said, because I kind of lost it in the hay now. The, um, you're, you're living a van life now? Yeah, yep. Like you're calling me from the van? Yeah, so um, I'm in Oklahoma. There'll be a tournament here for axe throwing um, in Tulsa. So I'm helping getting that set up, and then I'll be photographing that all weekend. 
And you just live in your what van. Is you he sleep in it. Photographing Howard. I, I don't can't know. Make he, out what he's saying. I've tried twice. It's something. It sounds like wrestling <laughs> or something. Throwing. I think axe throwing axe contests. Oh, yeah, axe where you throw throwing. Yeah. Axe. Yeah. <laughs> now, I didn't know that was a thing. They still have axe throwing. <laughs> Wait a second, Jesse. Your job is to be the photographer at the axe throwing contest. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Dude, That's I love all my listeners, but it sounds very loserish. You're living in a van photographing axe throwing contests. It sounds to me like we got to get serious about our future. <laughs> Actually, the the I mean, I've lived uh, a pretty non traditional life, and this is the best part of it. Oh. oh, so you dig it? You got a girl in there in that van with you? Uh, no, it's uh, it's a small van, and it's just uh, just myself. Oh. You, you, you ever get a, Gabby, get a girl in that van? <laughs> you got to get a Gabby Petito to get travel the country with you in that van. Do you have a toilet with a hole in the floor you can shit through? I, I'm not that classy. Where do you shit? But the uh, I, um, public restrooms, uh, right. rest stops, um, gas stations, whatever. Do you ever just hang your ass out the back of the van and take a dump? <laughs> Not a dump, but definitely do uh, pop open the door depending on where I'm at and don't put shoes on. Yeah. Take a leak. It's kind of nice. You kind of wake up in the morning. What time do you usually rise? What's your routine in that van? Well, I have uh, chronic insomnia, so I sleep about three hours a night. Sometimes <laughs> I'll drive 1,200 miles in 20 hours. So I don't really have a, a good schedule. Why do you drive for 20 hours? I mean, you have nowhere to be. I mean... Why, why, why put well, yourself through that? I'll drive coast to coast sometimes, depending on the uh, tournament. The, the longest trip I took was Rochester, New York, to Spokane, Washington. How much can you get paid for photographing a axe-throwing tournament? Well, I built my own brand, and I'm the best at what I do. I defined the uh, photographic standard for axe-throwing. In other words, you're good at, like, freeze, like when the axe is midair, you can kind of get a good shot that's not blurry? Yeah, I can freeze an axe, and uh, I can freeze the thrower. Um, I shoot alongside ESPN during the live televised. Hmm. Is there like a Tom, Bra- a Tom Brady of axe throwing? Is there like a big superstar axe thrower guy? Um, right now, top in the country is Mike Philbaum, and uh, the current world champion is Ryan Smith. Yeah, doesn't he have a big beard and goes around planting apple trees? <laughs> Uh, Mike does have a beard, and uh, Ryan Smith is uh, active duty Navy. Uh, With a pet bull. Uh, yeah. So who makes more money, you or the axe throwers? Um, I would say the axe throwers. I, I'm fortunate. I don't, I don't actually depend on my photography to make a living, um, which is definitely a benefit in my lifestyle. So I'm pretty Who's free to do um, what I want. You know, here's how I, I, I'm, I don't put down anyone's career. You want to photograph axe throwing contests, that's fine with me. But what does it say when you're the best in your field at photographing axe contests and you're living in a van? <laughs> you know what I mean? I've, I've, I mean, lived, on, I've, I've lived on boats. I've, I've been homeless. Um, so, I mean, this really is a step up, believe it or not. Uh, during the pandemic lockdown, I was living in an apartment and not. Pennsylvania, and you know, I kind of looked at what everything that was going on in the world, and I said, I built my company, and uh, 
went and shot um, the world championship and then just looked at the opportunities and said, that's what I want to do with my life. And like I like all my stuff, been. you know, being in a room and like, you know, it can spread out a little bit, maybe, you know, read a book, you know, when you sit in a van, all like, where's all your stuff? It's all in the van. Yeah. So I, I mean, I, there's a lot to said about that. You know, at one time I did work with um, Amazon uh, consulting and things and, this stuff, like all that stuff, it's uh, not having that is actually really rewarding. Um, so most of my things are geared towards what I do. Uh, my living spaces, um, you know, pretty much to sleep in and, and travel and store my equipment securely. And then, uh, you know, clothing. And that's about it. You can't, When's the last time you got laid? Because I'm just picturing like, you know, hey, you meet a chick in the bar and you're like, want to go in the van and fuck? And you're like, hey, aren't you a little too old for that? You know, and want to go back to my place? <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe shower. Yeah, let's my go back bad. to my place. And you're in a van, like just lay. You, you're gonna have to lay down because uh, I turned down more offers than I get. What? <laughs> I turned down more offers than I take advantage of. Really? And when you yeah. say to a chick, "I live in a van," uh, they're they're not even thrown by it. They're like, "Hey, that sounds interesting." Yeah, I mean, a lot of people. Um, you know, and, and I live in a very primitive van. Like, it's not, some of these vans that you see are built out like a little studio apartment. I have a cargo <laughs> net at the top, cement mixing bins full of the t-shirts that I sell for my brand. Um, I have a military folding cot that's wooden and canvas with a mattress oh, nice. on it and a sleeping bag. That's nice. Get it's crazy, but uh, yeah. it's not for everyone. It's definitely not for everyone. So what if you had to, like, take, let's say you fall in love with a girl, and do you think you could easily move her into the van, get another cot in there, and live in the van with her, and maybe start a family? <laughs> nah, I'm, I'm at a point in my life where um, I'm not planning on starting a family, and, um, Be and cool. as far as the, you know, like what my dedication is, it's my art. <laughs> We'd have Never. to upgrade to a U-Haul if we got a, a wife. No, <laughs> you, could, you could stuff one or two children into that van with you, and your wife come on there's there's ways yeah, i mean if you just throw out all trailer. your clothes yeah i try not to talk about stuff and children in my van because it is definitely a kidnapper van it's a nondescript white van i'm able to hide in plain sight you know park against other you know work vehicles and things like that or if there's a spool uh you know a trailer with a big spool on it i'll just park in front of it like it's mine but yeah i was gonna ask like, where Oh, you ever sorry. see families living in the van while you're on the road, like yeah. your whole family? Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, yeah, it's amazing. It's, uh, where it's not you, pleasant. Where do you like park to sleep? Is there unsafe? Like, you ever had any weird people try to get in your van while you're sleeping and stuff? Yeah, I mean, just just the other weekend, I had somebody check check the uh, the handles to see if I had it unlocked, um, and that was <laughs> that was in a, a dirt lot under a tree. Yeah, like and, people in uh, homes worry, you know, they got like alarm systems and stuff. This dude's in a van and like, like someone's trying to break in like there could be something valuable in there. My God, I mean, really I used to park in, yeah. I used to park like at Waffle Houses or like 24 hour restaurants. They seemed a little safer, it seemed like. The, the weirdest encounter I've had is in a Waffle House parking lot. And uh, I was I was looking to park there for the night and uh, just this flock of birds, like 200 birds just came down. And I thought, well, that's not a good sign. And then um, as I turned around, there was a person standing against the fence with just uh, facing
and that was at a time when, you know, Waffle Houses weren't open 24 hours in that state. So it was about four in the morning. I just, I just moved on. Yeah, Waffle House maybe isn't the best place to park. Uh, we're, we're thinking Tico Taco might be your best bet. <laughs> I've heard yeah, about that. Let you yeah. shit in the parking lot. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I get, park out if you anymore. see a, a very dried up turd, that's Richard. Say hi to it. <laughs> Why did he settle on axe throwing as his area of expertise? Well, it's one of the most popular sports in the country, so uh, <laughs> you know the demand would be high. Uh, you know that you could be insured of a good living by becoming an expert in axe-throwing contests. I think that's actually yeah. a big thing at, at bars, at some bars, like axe-throwing. I'm like, I don't know if that's a good mix. Yeah, I used to, uh, I was a pretty good axe-thrower. I competed for a while, and then I'd go to my van and take a shit, and it was a pretty nice lifestyle. <laughs> well, if I'm in New York, we'll have to go throw. But uh, I grew up with it. My parents threw nice and tomahawk at living history events called rendezvous and things. So it's pretty nerdy, but um, towards the end of my father's life, I just went back to it. And, you know, that's over 14 years ago. And then the uh, indoor axe throwing um, came down from Canada, and that was 2016 in September. And How do you get mail? You're living in a van doing what you're doing. So all my mail goes to my parents' address. Mm, they must be thrilled. How old are you? <laughs> I am I'm 46. <laughs> Whoa. Uh, mom, dad, uh, mind uh, getting my mail for me? Yeah, they're pretty supportive. I mean, my father's passed, but my mom's supportive. And honestly, in the mail, the only thing I get is junk. I'm so glad my parents weren't supportive. Of it. You know, if I, mom, dad, I'm, I'm thinking of living in a van, maybe uh, go photograph some axe uh, throwing contests, <laughs> and maybe that'll be my life. And, and, and would you mind uh, collecting my mail till I'm 46? Listen, that's not going to happen. Once you graduate high school, it's vamanos, amigo. That's right. Who do you think collected my mail? No one. That's right. <laughs> no one collected our mail for us. What makes you think you can do that? And you got to be a responsible citizen. That's right, you moron. Axe-throwing contest. What the hell is wrong with you? Whoever, what kind of job is that? Axe-throwing. I, I had jobs... Yeah, I, I trained. Of course you did. My parents would have humiliated me. The world, oh, look at this. The Waddle World Axe Throwing League has over 6,000 axe throwers in over 28 countries. Who knew? Maybe that's <laughs> something I'd be good at. Howard, I can't laugh yeah. at this guy too much because if you wouldn't have hired me, this would probably be my life right now. I'm pretty. I'm pretty convinced you're right. I, I mean, my past, like uh, I served in the uh, United States Coast Guard. I mean, I'm going to throw an axe at you. Get out of my home, Dad. Dad, why can't you be supportive? What's wrong with you, a tomahawk? What's wrong with you? You're a shame. A blight on our family. Hey, listen. What the fuck, man? You're out there. Like, yeah, I mean, it's you're doing it. What, what happens? Like, uh, like it, like what if like a cop comes up and starts banging on the van door and you know says you can't, you know, don't you get nervous? Uh, I did federal law enforcement with the Coast Guard for a couple of years, so, um, and I did have somebody bang on my door 
but he wasn't a police officer. And when I pulled up to the place, it was like maybe uh, maybe again around four in the morning, but the guy was still hanging out from the bar. And he came over and uh, banged on the door and identified him as um, Fort Worth police, but it didn't go well for him. And uh, and as Wait, far as like uh, situations like I mean, that, you were sleeping in the van and some guy started banging on the window and said he was the police, but he wasn't the police. Yeah, he was drunk. He was a drunk, and I, and I had pulled up, and I seen him take an interest in me as soon as I pulled up. But um, so I just sat. I, I went into the back and just waited to see if if um, a couple minutes, see if it would pass. But he came and took an interest. He slammed on the door a couple times and said he was the police. And um, there's a thing called a, a brachial plexus stun, which uh, most law enforcement are trained in using. And I opened the door, popped out, and struck him in the neck with that, which is a, a nerve bundle that runs up the side of your neck. And uh, nice. it's very much like your spinal cord. You yeah. can either permanently disable a person, or you could just set it to stun. So I just, so I you, just knocked him down. So you opened up the door and knocked him out? Um, not not unconscious, just discombobulated would be a better word. And then what do you do? You drive off, or you just stay there? Uh, the woman that he was trying to impress wasn't as impressed and dragged him away. <laughs> cool. You're a tough guy, though. <laughs> Got to admit, sounds like you're a badass. You know, think about this guy. He's driving around the country in a van. He's going to axe-throwing contests. He must be pretty fucking tough. Plus, he was in the Coast Guard. Well, how long do you expect to stay out there? Can you stay out there forever? I I would like to do it for at least 10 years. It's, um, mm-hmm. I mean... Good life, good life plan. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> See, you're the kind of guy I'd be scared of running into if I was into the van life. Robin and I are thinking of doing this once we retire and getting a nice van and I'll sleep with her on a cot. <laughs> Cradle her. <laughs> Just if I'll run into you. <laughs> but you sound like a well, tough guy and uh, I can tell you, it sounds like a hard life. It doesn't sound easy. And But you're saying it, you get a lot of chicks... Easy. When you bang a chick, do you ever like shell out for a hotel room, or or, or you, you no. right there? Yeah. No. Do you ever see yeah. these hot chicks like? Uh, do you ever see these hot chicks like Gabby Petito live in the van life? I mean, she seems like one in a million. Well, there's actually a lot of young people that gravitate towards van life, and it, and it's definitely romanticized for them, and um, monetizing it. You know, that's a difficult thing to do, but they they see it on. Instagram, they see it on their social media, and they they move in that direction. And unfortunately, like with Gabby's story, you know, it's tragic, but it's not the only one. Um, mm. There's a lot of suicides. Uh, a young woman a couple months back who was um, had a lot of followers on like YouTube and things like that. Um, she was doing it with her significant other. They broke up, and she was continuing to do it by herself. And then she uh, she had chosen to end her life. So it, it is not easy. No. And for the younger people, if, if they don't have those life experiences to, you know, fall back on to deal with certain situations, it, you know, it can turn a, a, a bad day into a, a really bad day. But hmm. there's situations of road rage. Uh, I've hit a deer in the Rockies at like 85 miles an hour. That was a bad week. And, um, you know, it's just... Uh, 
if you don't have, like I said, like those life experiences to kind of get you through situations, it's not going to be, it's not going to be what you see on Instagram. But well, yeah, Robin and I have had a lot of life experiences. We should be pretty good at this. We should be okay, right? Yeah, we'll be fine. Yeah, yeah. We hit a deer. We'll, Absolutely. You know, we'll deal with it. That's okay. And plus, we're going to get a toilet next to my front seat so we can shit uh, right there in the van. We don't even have to look for a rest stop. We're pretty excited it's about that. Awesome I bet you a lot of people are into van life. Now hearing Richard's story will probably convert into that toilet situation in the front. Nice. Well, yeah, you that's something get a, they probably never thought of. You got to get an older van. This was like a 65 Chevy van, and there was nothing like under that part of the van. Like, no, the engine was in between the front two front seats. So I think a lot of new vans, you wouldn't be able to just poke a hole in the bottom of them. Oh. <laughs> you try. You try. You could try. Hey, <laughs> hey Jesse, thanks for the uh, insight into uh, van life. And good luck. Stay safe out there, all right? Yeah, I mean, thank you. Uh, it's great talking with you. And Robin, I've always been a huge fan. Thank you. Who isn't? <laughs> right. You all have a good day. You Send too. Robin a picture. She might want to join you in that van. It could be. Yeah, she digs <laughs> She digs an alternate lifestyle. She's an early adopter of alternate lifestyle, like Gary. Wow. I like that toilet thing. That sounds like a lot of fun when you guys are out in the woods and you'd shit in your toilet and then you could watch the shit drop out. It was pretty but damn when funny. He goes, when he goes on to say we sometimes used it as a cooler, that's where you lose me. Yeah. Even it's I find the that a bit gross. and the cooler. <laughs> I just put ice in there, wash off the shit streaks. <laughs> nice, Howard. I had a weird like that was the scary thing about sleeping in a van, like Jesse was talking about. It's you'd get woke up. Sometimes your van would shake, or you'd hear a noise. It was scary Dude, as hell. And you had parents I, with a house. You were in high school. There was no reason for that. Well, the reason was I loved going to keg parties and I didn't want to drink and drive. So, <laughs> yeah, I mean, that was my reasoning back then. But one time, like my, the roof of the van, I heard this crash, this loud, crazy crash. I was passed out drunk at a gas station, uh, <laughs> in the van. And all of a sudden I look out and my buddies had dumped these massive trash cans full of empty beer cans onto the roof of my van nice. as a joke. And I got really, really pissed because they woke me up and I was still drunk. So I crawled, like jumped on top of my own van and jumped onto my buddy's truck hood who dumped the cans on my van and crushed his whole hood in. Nice. And it's like, I was like, Good Jimmy times. Superfly Snooker. Yeah. <laughs> he had to get a new hood. I was so mad. Mm. You guys must have been like the prom kings of your high school. I mean, sounds like you guys were really up to some really great things. <laughs> oh, I was the opposite of whatever the prom yeah. thing was. <laughs> I wish we, I, I, that van just must have been the best. Oh, it was famous around our county. Like, people would see it and laugh, and was, they'd be like, did oh, you decorate it? Richard. Did, like, did, did it have, like, oh, yeah. uh, like, one of those, uh, like, I don't know, glow in the dark yeah. fucking light, we UV lights? We did. We actually. Used glow. My mom helped me decorate it. We used just spray paint, and we met, put glow in the dark.
paint on the wheels. We painted nice. like, uh, painted weird stuff on the sides. We put bloody handprints on the front of the van. Awesome. And oh, it was so creepy looking. We tried to make it like the mystery machine, like the Scooby Doo van, but we did a really crappy job and it just looked scary. I'm sure there was no toothbrush in that van. Uh, yeah. <laughs> not no. a one. I, Why would you waste no. space for space. a toothbrush? <laughs> oh, I've said before, I, I really only literally remember brushing my teeth in high school a couple times, like throughout yeah. all high school. And I used to have to get canker sore medicine because my mouth was so gross. Like I would get re real bad canker sores. And instead well, who would of give brushing you the, my teeth, who would like give you I the canker have. sore medicine, like the dentist? <laughs> no, uh, my parents would get it for me. I, they might even got it from a vet, like a veterinarian. Or something. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know where they got it, but I remember I would swab this, and it stung like hell. I'd swab. And no one would this. say, hey, if you brush your teeth, you can get rid of those canker sores. They probably did, but I didn't care. Yeah. I didn't listen. Yeah. That was too much of an asshole. All right. Brightest. Uh, I think I'm going to throw up. Thank All you. Right. Thanks, Howard. Yeah. I got a lot of stuff to get to, and we're running out of time. Well, I'm glad we got that little glimpse into van life. Fascinating. <laughs> yeah. Might have to get into that, that whole van thing. You and me. I know. I saw a little video of Gabby saying she loved the van. I didn't get a look inside, but. Right. Didn't look like it was. A, it. Didn't look real roomy. You know no. what I mean? Hey, according to Genesis, any SUV can give... Oh, there you go. According to Genesis, any SUV can give you what you need. But the first ever Genesis GV70 performance SUV gives you what you want. With standard 300 horsepower and standard all-wheel drive, this is driving like nothing else in its category. On the outside of the car, there are coupe-like body lines. With athletic details like a bold dual exhaust. Nice. Inside, there are available Napa leather seats with suede inserts that look as premium as they feel. wonder if there's a toilet in there. <laughs> Turn on the ambient lighting and you're surrounded by luxury. The Genesis GV70 Sports, the world's first in-vehicle fingerprint reader. I love that. I got a fingerprint reader on my computer. I love it. Yeah? Uh, yeah, I don't have to, like, type my password. Comes equipped with a standard 14.5-inch HD touchscreen. Very nice. Time to make way for the GV70. GV70. Go to Genesis.com. Find your local retailer. That's Genesis.com. We love you, Genesis. Also, I want to say today's show is brought to you by ZipRecruiter. Don't miss out on great job candidates. ZipRecruiter. So making hiring faster and easier, Robin. And right they now, do. they do. They actually do what they say. And right now, you can try it for free at ziprecruiter.com slash 100. Okay. I'm all caught up. Uh, just listen yeah. to these few words. I'll go pish and we'll come back and get to a lot of stuff. All right. It's summer again. And that means bright, sunny days and nights that are too hot to get any shut eye. Stop tossing and turning and get yourself some sheets that'll keep you cool all night long from Brooklinen. Brooklinen makes beautiful, high-quality sheets and bedding available directly to you. No middlemen, no luxury markups, just good sheet. There are different colors, patterns, and fabrics, so you can choose exactly what you want. And no matter the season, Brooklinen keeps you at the right temperature. Goodbye night sweats 
and hello, best sheets ever. They also make cozy comforters, plush pillows, towels, and loungewear so you can live your most comfortable life. Brooklinen is so confident you will love their products, they offer a 365-day money-back guarantee. Brooklinen, the Internet's favorite sheets. Right now, go to brooklinen.com and use promo code 100 to get $20 off when you spend $100 or more. That's B-R-O-O-K-L-I-N-E-N.com and use promo code 100 for $20 off. Brooklinen.com, promo code 100. Hey there, Internet. Hi, Steve. How's it going? Not great. I seem to have downloaded a virus. Oh, right. When you pressed accept. I didn't want to accept a virus, though. Uh, of course not. I'm really sorry, Steve. But you're the Internet. Isn't there something you can do? About the virus? No. But I can show you this dancing shark video. That might cheer you up. It's time to reset your relationship with the Internet. Avast helps you take control of your safety and privacy online. Go to avast.com today and download Avast One for free. For cooler sleep, check out the Casper Cooling Collection featuring mattresses and bedding. Casper says their Wave Hybrid Snow Mattress keeps you cool for 12 hours or more by pulling heat away from your body for sustained temperature regulation and a cool-to-the-touch feeling. I need this. Plus, Casper's line of fully adjustable bed frames lets you customize your sleep even further. Rise adjustable bases are perfect for reading in bed or quieting down a snoring partner. I need that, too. Beth sometimes is, uh, I'm not saying she's snoring, but she's like... They've addressed everything, this Casper. Try the zero-gravity position for ultimate relaxation or the anti-snore position to lift your head and chest for pressure-relieving comfort. Explore all Casper products at casper.com and use code 100 for $100 off select mattresses. That's code 100, $100 off select mattresses. Exclusion supply. See casper.com for more detail. When you find the right Trojan condom for you, you're protected. And when we say you're protected... We mean you're protected. You are so protected. You're going to want so much protection, it'll be all you can think about. Protection in the morning. Protection in the evening. Protection late at night. You've never felt this protected. Feel your best. Get yours on. Trojan. Stern Show remembers Norm McDonald. Hey, so do I say you're listening to the Howard Stern Show? That's how you end it, yeah. That's how I end hey, it. Hey, Norm Well, you didn't tell me that. Hey, this is Norm McDonald. You know, when I'm not bombing on stages at colleges or getting bombed on stages at colleges, I listen to the man who drops the biggest and smelliest ass bombs in all of show business. That's right, Howard Stern. And now, live from New York, it's the Howard Stern Show. <laughs> the Howard Stern Show. He used to drive Howard's car. Now Ronnie needs to get away. The traffic, the idiots. I just can't deal with to it. To the desert in Las Vegas. There's plenty of people that go there to retire. sit around all day. The game plan is to go out there and enjoy my life. It's gonna feel like an inferno. I, I've been there when it's that hot. And living in a deep fryer. Better shovel and fucking snug, dude. Ronnie will be. I sit in my pool. Oh. What fires? There's no fucking fires there. What the fuck are you talking about? Two months out of the year, it's like that. Fire. It's fine. You know? You 
can eat outside every night. It's gorgeous. Fire. It's time for a change. So don't break my fucking balls. rings like these big giant oh, okay. football players wear, you know, and <laughs> and it's like I love this song, it's distracting me. <laughs> you just I wish I could just be a guy in a band where I back the singer up, I do the harmonies. That's what uh, Bruce's wife does, Patty. Yeah. She, she backs him up and then it's perfect. I like when you do it. Robin Ophelia Springsteen. I could see. All right. Turn this off or else I'll be on it all day. Um, yeah, so Bubba sent me this ring. Oh, there she is. <laughs> now you The sing. song is over. <laughs> right. Better late than never. All right. All right I, I, stop it. <laughs> Killing me. Um, so 
he sends me this ring. And I'm like, what the fuck is this? It's this big, giant Super Bowl ring encrusted with diamonds. I mean, they're not real diamonds, but, you know, encrusted with right. diamonds and rubies. And it says Bubba Army on it. And then on the sides, it says Bubba Army and it says Howard. It's got all kind of writing on it because it's the size of a billboard. Sounds I'm, fabulous. I'm, yeah, I, I, I think Bubba proposed to me and I don't even, or united me or something. I go, wow. So, you know, I had to write back to, I don't know what I'm going to do with this thing. So I wrote him, I go, Bubba, I'm very honored you would send this to me. And it's so beautiful. And uh, I Why don't know. Why are my, you saying that? Well, come on. He's such a nice guy. And I go, I go, uh, I guess I'm a captain in the Bubba army now. And, uh, you know, with this big ring and. So I was so nice about it that he wrote me back. He goes, you know, they're not real diamonds. I think he thought that I thought it was like. <laughs> yes, he thought you really went all out for, uh, or thinking you thought he went really all out for you and bought, bought you diamonds. Yeah. I should have brought it. I, you know what? Tomorrow I'll bring it. I would run yeah, up and get I it now. Yeah, I it. I would run up and get it, but, uh, you know. I live but is he selling those to people? So, yeah, so I wrote him and I go, hey, this is beautiful. And he goes, listen, man, it's not real diamonds. I just want you to know, he goes, uh, and I'm not even sure. I think Bubba lives in a van now, you know, so I think he's doing the van. So I'm like, Bubba, this is a very expensive thing. He goes, no, 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 this is something we give to sponsors and people who are, you know, friends of the show. And I wanted you to have it. And I was like, oh, I'm very honored. Thank you. But, I, you know, I said to my wife afterwards, what the, you know. I, where do you got, wear this? <laughs> yeah, where, 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 I mean, what am I going to do with this thing? First of all, it doesn't even fit my finger. It's huge. Like, so I'm probably, I guess, I was thinking like, like Beth said, you know, maybe you give it to someone. I said, well, maybe I'll give it to Ronnie, but it says Howard on. I mean, Ronnie eats that shit up, you know, okay. Ronnie, the limo driver. Oh, you got it. You have a Bubba ring too, Ronnie? Yeah, I have one. <laughs> oh, so it's not you so special. You what did you do it? with it? Oh, you have it. Oh, yeah. yeah let me see it. yours. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my goodness. When did you get it? Uh, Last week. Yeah. What are you going to do with that thing? I don't know. I put it on. It looks weird. It takes up yeah. your whole hand. <laughs> I know. It looks like <laughs> a bracelet. Yeah, look at <laughs> so what does yours say? Like, what does it say on the diamonds? What does that say? Baba Army, uh, right? It says Bubba Army, and then it says um, there's a picture of a microphone, and it says royalty on one side. Right. And then on the other side, it has my name. Yeah, okay. Uh, Dude, is that your headshot hanging up behind look you? Look at how big that thing is. Yeah, it's a giant ring. I don't know. what you going to save it, Ron? I mean, I think I'm going to throw mine out. No, I hate to say I'm it. Gonna, of course I'm going to keep it. Well, what do you do with it? I don't know. That's what I mean. Like, I... I got a whole, I used to get stuff like this from people all the time. And I created an archive, as I've said, and now I'm paying a fortune for, you know, I've got like 10 million things like the Bubba ring in this. So I'm cleaning out. Jason's going to, uh, I'm going to give away most of the stuff to the audience. So like, give I'll away give the them, Bubba ring then. You know, Bubba might be upset about that. I don't want to, <laughs> I think I'm going steady with him now. So I don't want to. How much do you think wanna, he paid for that? <laughs> He's, he goes it's not very expensive don't worry about it so i was just like uh because i think he thought that i was way more impressed with this ring than i should be did you write bubba and say hey what's the story on this ring no i just wrote him and i said thank you and uh that was it but what are you gonna i mean i don't know hmm. 
That's what I mean. No one knows what to do it's with like, the ring. It's like a show piece. I guess it's like a like a show piece, kind of. <laughs> if you live in an in insane asylum. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I was impressed that he sent me one. You know, put who are you going to show it to? I know it's a show piece, but who are you going to show it to? I don't know. I guess if you <laughs> Where ever are you going to another... put it that people will talk about it and say, what's that? Yeah, you got to mount it. You put it, sit it out on the table or something. I don't mm-hmm. know. <laughs> In case there's another threesome over at Ronnie's place, he can uh, whip that out and show the girls. Ron, it's, it's, it's impressive. I'm looking at I'm looking at that room you're in. You got a headshot of yourself hanging up on yeah, the well, wall. I, I wanted to decorate the room a little bit. <laughs> he's got a, a, that's my de- a head. That's my decoration. He's his, that's my decoration. He's, he's got his headshot and he's got a cartoon of himself racing a car. Yeah, like a drawing of himself. I didn't know what any of that was. I've been looking at it since he got there. And I'm no. like, I don't understand what Ronnie has behind him. I'm decorating. That's my decorations. Instead of all my NASCAR stuff, that's what I put up. Yeah, but generally you don't put pictures of yourself up. You know what I mean? Why not? Okay. What, are you going to forget what you look like? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Here's what I look like. <laughs> In case you forgot. When you're looking at me. Yeah. You know what I think I'm going to do? I got so much shit in storage, like tchotchkes and things. I'm just going to wrap it up and send it to Bubba. Say, hey, I want you to have these things. I'll <laughs> empty out that whole storage Send him some of your junk. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'll send them all my junk. Some of it hanging on the wall. <laughs> Dude, you should see the stuff I have. I mean, I started going over the list. It's I don't know what I was thinking. Safe, Like, I have a... Andrea Ownsby calendar. Like, remember Miss Howard Stern, Andrea Ownsby? Oh, okay. That's who that is. I said, I know the name, but I can't remember who it is. She must have sent me some sort of calendar. So I I was like, oh, I'll just put that in the archive. Archive. Meanwhile, it's a big fucking garbage dump. You know. And so I was like, like, you should. I wish I had the list in front of me. Maybe I do. Is the calendar like bikini shots or what? I don't even know. I have. I mean, she probably sent it to me, and I said, I don't know what to do with this thing. Rather than throw it out, I go, well, maybe it'll be, you know, an antique from our show. Maybe, maybe I thought my show would be way more important or something. Like, I've got a TV guide from Antigua that mentions private parts. Like, somebody sent to say, hey, Howard, I was in Antigua, or Antigua, however you say it. Hey, Howard, I was in Antigua, and I had TV Guide. I opened it up, and it mentioned the movie Private Parts. So instead of throwing it right in the garbage, I just said, okay, save it. I'm like a hoarder. So I have all this stupid shit that even just, like, mentions the movie Private Parts. A TV Guide from Antigua. So I'm just going to throw that out or send it to Bubba. I don't know if you can part with this stuff. You've been talking about throwing it out for a long time. Well, everyone was saying like, hey, you know, it's the um, pandemic to go over to the storage facility and physically throw stuff out. It's dangerous. (laughs) Enough with that. Let's put a few people in danger. (laughs) Get over there and clean that fucking place out. So I'm just going to, I got to go. You know what? I made a vow. I'm going to go through 20 items a day. Either throw them out or give them to the audience or send them to Bubba. Well, I was going to say, now you have to add Bubba's ring, which is pretty hefty, uh, to, into the pile. Do you want it? No. <laughs> <laughs> you can put it on that shelf behind you. 
That is so crazy. It's from <laughs> knuckle to knuckle. It's so big. Yeah. Can imagine Ronnie's got a bigger hand than me. You should see my. Yeah. You see it on me. Yeah. The other the other thing I did want to mention, again, this is a staff note. You know the guy Mamet who works for us. Uh, he hasn't been on the air in a while. He's been pretty quiet during the pandemic, but Mamet still works for us. And those of you who are fans of the show know Mamet. Yeah. Nice guy. So you know he was single for a long time. Met this girl. What's his girlfriend's name again? Mary. Mary. And he moved in with her, and you know he kind of grew up a lot. I'm a bad cowboy. Yeah, <laughs> you remember he used to pretend he was a cowboy and all I'm that. I'm a cowboy. Shit. Right. And um, so it was announced. He's he he proposed to his girlfriend. He's getting married. He's engaged. He's getting married. And I was happy Wonderful. for the guy. But then no. I was told in the last staff meeting. Mamet uh, announced he's getting married on a day we do the radio show. I, and I go, what? And he, and he invited a whole bunch of people from the show to go. And, of course, if they're working for me, they can go to Mamet's wedding. But, you know, don't, come, don't bother coming back. <laughs> I mean, what, are you kidding me? We're, we do 112 shows a year. So there's, there's weekends, there's uh, Thursdays, Fridays, there's various uh, summer vacations, all when we don't do a show. He decided, I mean, it really makes what me... What actual day is it? Is it a I don't Tuesday? Think he's, he, yeah, it's either a Tuesday or a Wednesday, yeah. And um, and then, and then, and then I, the dopey explanation I got was... Well, Mehmet wants to get married on a day where certain numbers are included in the date. And then it turns uh, out that didn't even work out. So he's not. Oh, really? That's not true. Yeah. Dude, I, I question your thought process. Why would you get married on a day that I'm doing a radio show? One Dude. of the few days that you, you're needed. Why would you do that? You have no idea the extent I've gone to not piss you off in any way during this whole uh, marriage. Yeah. I'm literally planning to work the day that I get married because we're going oh. to be West Coast. We're three hours behind. It's an evening wedding. I'm going to be on Zoom attending every single meeting. And then when oh. I sign off work, I'm getting married that night. Oh, I got no problem. If, I didn't hear that. Yeah. But why would you invite everyone to go to the wedding? You you think I'm going to put up well, with that? that? Was a, that was a damned if you do, damned if you don't situation. Because well, How can they go to your... But you don't really want them there because you're getting married on a I show do. day. Of course I do. No, no you no, don't. No, that's... But how could you invite them if they're, if they're working that day? If they, if they wanted to come. And I completely understand if they don't. But if they wanted to come... If they wanted, they could do the same thing I'm doing. They could, you know, go to yeah, work. But why get married on that a... night we... But why get married we during the, the week? Why don't you, so your family and friends can enjoy it. Why don't you uh, mar get married on the weekend? Well, it, I, it, it, there's lots of different things with like family and the day we wanted to do it and the time the place was available. So there were lots of things out of my control. And I apologize that it's during the week. Hmm. I feel terrible about it. But, uh, and I don't want anyone to feel pressure if they don't want to come. I just wanted people to know that I wanted them included if they wanted to, to be there. And I'm sorry. Man. How do these do things it? get out of his control? You know, he I acts know. like he doesn't have anything to do with it. Yeah, he acts like he's Prince Harry and like, you know, like, <laughs> the, you know, well, you know, the queen insists that we, uh, you know, I mean, what the fuck? 
You're so right. Uh, no one's insisting anything. They can they can turn it down, and I, I completely understand, and there will be no hard feelings at all. And what are you going to do with COVID? I mean, uh, is everyone going to be tested? That's I mean, what a hassle. Uh, well, I mean, yeah, COVID sucks, and it makes it hard. We can't invite as many people as we wanted, and yes, we have to follow all the rules, and you have to be outside, and all that stuff. It, it is a pain, but again, I don't want anyone to feel pressure do what you're comfortable doing and that's what the invites hmm. said good luck i can't believe you're getting married dude you were pretty yeah, immature about I, all that even the proposal is like everything is so damn stressful but um well you went out of your man i don't even know what is that thing you did i should explain to the audience what the hell i got you here so there's some trivia game that mamet plays with his fiance mary uh-huh where you go on the internet and it's what is it what is this game you play it's a it's an online yeah it's an it's an app basically where once a week uh everyone in the country can play and there's 10 questions and it's just multiple choice and um our families play it together because we're all like it's it's quarantine it's right. covid it's the only way we like you know meet up every week so i thought so it would be a met, fun way to go ahead. so Mehmet somehow managed to get the game to make the trivia question his proposal. Uh-huh. And uh, anyway, here, I got tape of this. This is his proposal during the trivia okay. game. So they're playing trivia, him, his family, and Mary. And here's what happens. Asking this bonus question is guest HQD, Mehmet. Hi, Mary. Here's the big question. Will you marry me? Yes, no, or Denmark. And here's a free eraser. You would have to know. Uh -oh. they, they... You better make up your mind, Mary. It's a big decision. And that free eraser should have made it easier for you. <laughs> Woo! Wish we could give you more than 10 seconds, but we'd have to reprogram the whole system. So uh, we'll just wait for the good news from y'all and uh, pass it on to the HQDs when it comes. Look at if, that love. By the way, if you had any idea, like how much I, I, I really hope she didn't choose about... Denmark. You know, sometimes every HQ can attest to this. <laughs> you got the, when the clock is ticking. Woo! Mary's sitting over like, oh no! <laughs> the fuck is everybody what, doing? What what is happening here? <laughs> I didn't. That's what that. you play. You play that? What? Well, yeah, once a week we do. And it, it's literally like everything I've done. I, I do think about you and like trying to avoid pissing you off. Literally, I asked my girlfriend to marry me. She said yes. And I felt great for like five minutes. And then the rest of the night, I was just sitting there like, oh, my God, what did I do? Like, I did something wrong. Howard's going to be pissed at me. I did it the wrong way. I'm not trying to upset you or break any. Hey, don't worry about me, dude. I'm not upset. I mean, now that you've explained it to me, but I know I know the people you invited are upset because they're like, first of all, uh, yeah. whole, the, the whole shit they're saying is Mamet had to know that the staff can't miss work and fly to his wedding. Evidently, it's in California. So, uh, again, if people them, are angry at the me, the invite comes as a demand for money, basically. It's like, yeah, just send me some cash. Right. Everyone's all pissed off. <laughs> I understand. And again, it's like, you know, I, I invited more people from here than my own family. I've worked here like eight years. This place. Is so why life. would you get married without them and not have them participate? 
It's, well, it's not just me getting married. It's two people with two lives. Yeah. And well, two you sit down with your wife. This is a pretty like important that. discussion. And you go, listen, I work for a living. Let's do it on a weekend. You know, I hear you. I hear you. It's just uh, weird. It, I know it didn't work out that way. And if people can't come again, how does it not I, work I out that way, though? I don't even understand. Like, what do you mean? The, the two of you are planning it. You act like it was done to you. Well, I did think it was reasonable. I was like, I'm going to be able to work that day. You, okay, if that's no one told you I was getting married that day, it would have absolutely no bearing on the show that's or fine. anything like that. I got no problem with that. I'm just saying if you want people to come from work and even why would you plan it on a day you got to work all day? Why not enjoy the day? I don't know. Call me I nuts. Understand. I hear you. What's up, Jason? Uh, it, it, I'm in such a. Uh, I'm one of the guys that's upset, and I'm not. I love my meds. I'm a med. This isn't like a personal thing, but I got your right. invite in the mail, and I was excited uh, uh, for everything. And then I noticed it was the destination wedding, and right away my wife is like, "Well, you're going to that by yourself because I'm not getting on a plane and all right. this stuff with COVID." And I said, "Yeah, something I have to really think about." And I sat down at the computer to put it on the calendar, and it's like it's a fucking Wednesday. What am I supposed to do? Like fly out after the show on Tuesday, halfway across the country, yeah. wake up at three in the morning, wherever this is, do my job, and then go do a wedding on a Wednesday night and he come back want you and prep the show for the next day or for the next Just week? Just send a gift. Just how much how much money would you would you want from Jason for your wedding? Yeah, give me the number. What's the head? What's the what's the cost? Sixty five ahead? hundred fifty ahead? Well, what are you gonna send them? Whatever you want to do. I, I understand. How much money are you gonna send them? I don't know. I get, like, I don't know because I'm not there. You're supposed to send less, right? Because you're not there. You're not eating. It's, it's, Dude, uh, people do that do the whole to me all calculation. the time. <laughs> people up? do that to me all the time because I'm, you know, I'm famous and stuff. I got to send them like 500 to 1,000 bucks. Whoa. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, my yeah. man. No, you're not yeah, getting that I, I, I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I really, like, I knew I, I knew this was coming. I, I was like, okay, if I'm sending these invites out, they're going to say it's a money grab. But it also, like, it just, like, there was a pit in my stomach about, not inviting my friends. You know what I mean? Like it just felt wrong. So I apologize, Jason. And I'll tell I'm you sorry what you, you did right. Like you have to write a check. Thank you for no, not no. inviting me. Yeah. By the way, I think Ronnie's going. Ron, well, Ronnie's retired. He can go. Yeah. Yeah. He just texted me. He's going. And Ronnie's happy to get out of that fucking house. <laughs> Ronnie's been on planes. Ronnie's done it all. Yeah. And Ronnie can't get COVID. So. He's not worried about it. <laughs> you want an uh, an Andrea Miss Howard Stern calendar for your wedding? I'll send you that. That'd be great. Thank you. And a TV guide from Antigua. How about a yes. Bubba ring? <laughs> Would you like a Bubba ring that says Howard Bubba Army? Sure. Any of these things. Howard, can I send him something from your archive as a gift? Since I, uh, I sure, just like uh, yes, Mehmet, you're gonna get seven hundred Miss Howard Stern uh, danglers. <laughs> yes. Thank you. <laughs> Meanwhile, uh, are you going to have kids? Uh, I don't, there's no plan right now. Good. He's got wacky ideas about how to raise children that are out, outright disturbing and he should never have children. Well, since he doesn't better, make any of his own decisions, he'd better check to see if he's having children. <laughs> tell Robin your plan on how, like, here, I'll read it to her. You got to hear this. I I hope you're not serious about this because seriously, don't have kids if this is really your thoughts. You could tell he must have been traumatized as a child. (laughs) Well, there's got to be some explanation for him. Um, 
Ahmed said he proposed because marriage seemed like the next logical step and he's ready to settle down and have children someday. He would prefer to have a boy because he feels he'd relate better. Um, I've been, I've, uh, I changed that answer. I would be happy with whatever gender we have. There you go. I've been re-educated on that question. Somebody got to him. Okay. Mehmet would ensure, yeah, someone t- trained him. Mehmet <laughs> would ensure his child would not grow up to be an obnoxious brat by raising him using fear and psychological torture. <sighs> this is how. Well, I'd be a strict parent is what I really mean. Here's Mehmet's idea of parenting. You think you'd be a good dad? I do. What do you think your parenting philosophy would be? I would just, you know, make sure my child is not an obnoxious brat and knows how to behave in public. How would you? The same way I was raised. Fear. How would you do that? Fear? Yes. Do you believe in spanking a child? If you psychologically torture them early enough, you can get in their head to where you don't have to raise a hand to them. How would you? How do you psychologically torment them? Well, you yell at them, make them scared of the world. You know, you make them feel insecure about themselves. As a last resort, violence. As yes. Physical contact as, as an absolute last resort. Jesus, that you know, you actually uh, go against all the experts. The experts say, make a child feel safe and secure. Teach them how to fly on their own. How to you know spread their wings. Well, look at kids now. Yeah, Jesus. You should write a book about this. Look at kids now. He says, uh, oh, well, just I mean, just Robin, you were in the Air Force. Think about our military. Like, how how do we train people in the military? You you break them down until they're like nothing and then you build them back up. And that's why we're the strongest fighting force in America in the world. But you won't your children won't have anything to break down. You will have broken them. Yeah, they'll be ready for them. And then you, you forget the build them back up part of it. Oh, so you break I, them, I, then you build them. How many <laughs> kids do you know that are brats? I mean, it seems like you've done a lot of research into this. Well, you go out in the world, I, you see them everywhere. I, I, people really? who are raised strictly tend to behave. I, I think your dad sounds like he did a great job. <laughs> He's great. I, I can't uh, kind of, I'm emotionally crippled and can't even fucking <laughs> function. Except but for doing you, you never you never talked ah, back to down. him. You were like oh, polite no. when you'd go out in society as a young man, as a student. Oh, yes. you talk about the yeah, quiet. True. I mean, that to me and sounds I suffer, like your dad I was suffer at home. You should thank violently him. in a depression. Hey, you know, so, wouldn't um, you want your kids to be happy and healthy? I want them to just be. I want them to be polite behave. people, well-behaved people. Yes. And successful people usually are polite and well-behaved. I'm sending you a, uh, first of all, too bad Robin's dad isn't alive anymore. He could help you with the kids. <laughs> he did a pretty, he did a real good job of scaring everyone. Oh, and look at uh, Robin now. She could own islands. She's doing great. Yep. By the way, I know what I'm going to get you for a wedding gift, a, a, a waterboarding kit for the kids. When- <laughs> Thank you. Um, and, and a good thing to do is to start yelling at your kids while your wife is pregnant. Like you can, they can hear stuff and pick up stuff. So don't let them even have a good time. Oh, yeah. In music. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> Mehmet says the staffer he turned to for parenting advice is Sal. Oh, he says God. Sal's kids work hard. Well, putting... First of all, what I, I said was I, I do admire the way just based on 
Sal's kids. I think they're extremely polite, well-spoken. They're putting themselves through school. They're working. So yeah, Sal is someone I'd go to advice. But what I told the person asking me this question was I would go to anyone for advice who had a kid. But Sal seems to be doing particularly well, I said. Abominable. Hmm. <laughs> How many times have you talked to Sal's kids based on what you're saying? Abominable. Well, they've been up around uh, the office before and I've oh, yeah. met them. Yeah. By the way, on our phone right now, this is kind of exciting, and you'll like this, Mamet, is Devin Walker. This is Mamet's son from the future, actually. This is actually him calling. Uh, hi, Devin, and we, we love having your dad on the show. What's up? I'm going to prove to my dad that I'm not scared of anyone. Hello, Times Square. Hello. Die, everyone. Die. 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 Hmm. I'm Mamet Walker. Oh, <laughs> oh boy. Well, wanting people to die is not polite, so that is not how I would I raise see. my child. Well, there, there's your son. He, uh, he says he was sufficiently humiliated. Anyway, good for you. Congratulations. I don't understand the concept, but uh, I'm happy for you. I know Mary's a great girl, and you should be very happy. Lisa, you're on the air. Hey, Mamet, you're absolutely freaking crazy having a wedding in the middle of the week in California and actually expect your coworkers to come. What are you thinking? You can pick any day you want in the future. Why would you pick that day? And also having kids, you like you sound like you're raising kids in 1957. Okay, dude, that does not fly, and they will completely change your life. So just get used to that. Yeah. Okay. Nineteen fifty four actually. I'm not actually. expecting anybody to do anything. I just want them to right. know that, you know. Right. I want them to be part of it if they can be. That's all. All right, Lisa, you put it you put it very it. succinctly, actually. Thank you, Lisa. Bye bye. Okay. I all hope right. Mary has some other ideas about child raising that she can re educate Mamet to. I actually want to see how that kid that grows up. Happens, so. You want wait. him to have full reign? I'm not yeah. a monster. I want, I want Mamet to actually <laughs> raise the child exclusively. Uh, and we'll see how it goes. This humiliation thing. Uh, uh, sounds like he's onto something there. Just completely psychologically torture them and make sure that they're miserable. And uh, they'll grow up straight. All it right. works. The proof's in the pudding. Look at the host of the show. Yep, you know a lot. You're absolutely right. Yeah, he didn't have saying, anything I, he I, needed to shake off. you're a successful off. person who is smart, who is successful, who's Success has well nothing paid. to do with it. All right, well, okay, thank you for that. And we'll Lest anyone that. on the radio think I'm a douche. <laughs> I can't do anything right except be very smart. I just try to come on here and tell the truth about what's going on in my life, and it really upsets people. I was obsessing all weekend over Ronnie. I was like, how could Ronnie claim he was bar mitzvahed and not know <laughs> any Hebrew whatsoever? Not even know how to say, like, the Kiddush, which is a, a thing you say over wine. It's, like, pretty uh -huh. basic. It's like Jew 101. This is stuff uh, you learn when you go to those classes. Yeah, the Hebrew school. You know, like, like Ronnie goes, "Yeah, I was bar mitzvah." Yeah, and I go, well, well, "Do you know anything?" No, I don't know anything. It's impossible. <laughs> I had a friend call me over the weekend and say Ronnie wasn't bar mitzvah. It's obvious. 
like it was probably some bullshit kind of thing. They had a birthday party for him and some rabbi. Maybe he had a confirmation. He just didn't know that was yeah. not a bar mitzvah. <laughs> I mean, you can't possibly not retain one word of Hebrew if you've been studying it for your bar mitzvah. I mean, they indoctrinate you for years. How long did you study for your bar mitzvah? What temple? What temple did you go to? I went to uh, a temple in Queens, but I had a private tutor that came to the house, a rabbi. You don't, you know the name so of I didn't your temple. Actually go to a What's temple? the name of your I temple? Didn't go to a... Well, where were you bar mitzvah? At your house? No, 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 no. In a, a temple in Queens. What's the name of it? I don't remember, dude. That's you don't... many years ago. What? Give me the blessing for wine that you say on Friday night. I don't know. What don't you understand about do you know? Do you know the first word you could, of it? You could, tell, you could tell me whatever you want that I wasn't, but I was. Baruch? Have you ever heard Baruch? Baruch? Adonai, Melech, Alam, Alam. Oh, okay. All right. But I don't oh, remember all of it. All right, but at least, you got a, at least you got a couple of words down. Yeah. All right. You Jesus. told us you didn't remember anything. No. Yeah, well, I don't remember, like, the whole ceremony and stuff. Well, least, I okay, thrilled. I heard. A I wasn't there. thrilled. I wasn't thrilled about doing it. Let's put it that way. But I did. Well, nobody's thrilled about it. Everybody hates it. It's a big waste of time. I wish my parents would have forced me to take guitar lessons so I'd be Eddie Van Halen Juniors. <laughs> you know, the what only I mean? thing they made me. you stick with is this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. Baruch I know all this shit. It's like, you know, that's what I know. I don't know how to play guitar. I know that. Spent hours at it. Send me to rock and roll camp. Let me learn guitar so I can be Eddie Van Halen. How much more fulfilling. I would love to be able to like jam with a couple of musicians. You know, maybe I wouldn't be the best, but at least I'd be able to jam. Fucking cool would that be? When Mick's here, I'd be able to like, hey, Mick, I'm gonna, I just wrote a song here. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to jam with you a little bit. <laughs> Back me up on this. <laughs> it's a colossal. I started in like, like first or second grade, my parents sent me. Every fucking week, three times a week you go and get, and then, and then you walk out, you don't know anything. You say, and you're like, what, what am I going to do with that? Where, am I Where do I go? Yeah, Where am I going to use I only, that? I only went the year before. That was it. Nice. The, that was it. You're lucky. And you did it I at had, home? I had a, pri a private tuner came to my house. A private You're rabbi. so fucking lucky. Did he give you like a name, like a, instead of being Ronnie, like a Jewish name or something? Yeah, I forgot what it is. Hugh yeah. <laughs> <I, laughs> Zassel. <laughs> oh, you didn't have the whole humiliation. I went with like all these other kids. No, no. I, oh, man. Come to my house after school, probably like around 3.30. Nice. Oh, so he probably just taught you the bare minimum and you got through it. Yeah. 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 Good for you. And then did you have it phonetically whatever, spelled whatever, out in English? Whatever. What's that? Can you read, can you read Hebrew or did you, do you, did you have it phonetically spelled out in English? Like in other words, Baruch was spelled out B-A-R-U-C-H. No, I, I had to do it. You know, I didn't have to, I didn't do it in English. You, you, you read Hebrew. I did it in Hebrew. Yeah, I did it in Hebrew. I know that. Mm, yeah. Which makes no sense, too, because you don't even know what it means. It was, and then, they, and then the, the Hebrew school teacher had to give everyone their Hebrew name. And most, you know. 
Oh, I'm a Riven, fucking American. Riven? Riven? I think it was Riven. You were Riven? Yeah, because at least that I sounds like so. Ronnie. Like yeah, Riven. I think it was Riven. I think it was Riven. I'm pretty sure. That ah, Riven. You look very Jewy today. Good. <laughs> and put on your yarmulke and we start to study. Yeah, I was. There's no translation for Howard. Like, I would have been ha happy if it was like Hersht. Like uh -huh. Howard, you know. This fucking guy. This Hebrew school teacher, he looks at me and he goes, you're, he gave everyone, like, this kid Mark was Mendel. And of course, everyone called him Mendel. And, um, <laughs> you know, and like a guy named, uh, Richard would be like, Reuven. you know, it's at least, it, at least, like, if you were Ronnie and at least his name started with an R, at least it kind of right. sounds like Ron. So he looks at me and I, he goes, what's your name? I go, Howard. And he goes, you're Tzvi. <laughs> I go, and I just accepted it. Like I should have, I should have like put my foot down right away and just said, "Fuck you, Tzvi." How do you spell that? And what's that got to do with Howard? I think Tzvi is the um, go-to name if you don't know what it is. Uh. Jeez, I'd love a tape of Ronnie's bar mitzvah. He can barely read English. I can't imagine what was going on with that. And I bet you he sings horribly. I bet you sing horribly too. You must have been. There was this kid in our class. Because you have to sing the Bible yeah. passage. Oh, I, I, I hated it, dude. I, I hated every minute of it. This one kid in our class was tone deaf. So, like, you know, most people can carry a tune a little bit. He was like, and the tune is the same for everyone. It's like, da na 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 This kid was like, the teacher would go, like, can you, you hear what I'm singing? He's like, I went to this kid's bar mystery because I had to hear him. I wasn't even invited. I went to the temple and he was just like, he was all embarrassed to sing, you know. He didn't hit one note right. This kid was such a fucking goofball. Well, I'm wondering if Ronnie really could, like, deliver the words. You mean Rifkin? What is your name? Reuven? Riven? I mean Reuven. Riven. I think it was Riven. Riven. I think it was Riven or some shit like that. <laughs> <laughs> but you call me really... Riven one more time, I'm gonna bust your ass. <laughs> could Riven. he really sing the the whole yeah, thing? I did. thing? I had it's a to. long thing. Yeah, I know. No, well I, I it was it went mine was pretty quick, I gotta say. It was like I don't know. I remember he, he, the rabbi did a lot of it, like taking the, the, tor the Torah out of the thing and yeah. all that stuff. And then I did what I had to do. And what happened was it was like a temple that the rabbi belonged to. So we had to pay to use the temple because we didn't. I got the whole the thing figured out. You're like my cousin who got bar mitzvah. He never went to uh -huh. temple once. They didn't belong, you know. Rabbi didn't even know the guy's name. And they gave him quickie lessons. Right. And the rabbi runs the whole sort, you know. When I did it, I ran the whole shebang. Right. When Ronnie did it, the rabbi probably, and then he'd turn to Ronnie, and Ronnie would say his one or two lines. I got it. I know what's That's going on. That's what it on. sounds like. Yeah, yeah but you I took, I took lessons for like a year. Yeah, I guarantee you, you learned very little, and you probably yeah. had very little to do. That's why I forgot it. Yeah. Well, at least your name wasn't Svi. <laughs> you know how you spell that? Like T-S-V-I, I think. V like it's like a T V. Fucking weirdo name. I thought maybe the guy would give me a cool name or something so that, you know, Howard wasn't the greatest name and I wasn't the coolest guy. So there were girls in that class. Now all of a sudden it's like, 
Your guy goes, your name is Tzvi, and you hear, <laughs> you know, the, the, the chick's laughing. Right. Tzvi. You have to almost spit to say my name. Tzvi. It's like, wait, I got something caught in my throat. Tzvi. Tzvi. Sounds like feet. Sweet. Sweet. All right. So now, Riven's okay. Ribbon's kind of cool, it. you know? I like ribbon. Oh, it's very cool. <laughs> yeah. Ribbon. Ribbon. All right. My man. All right. Rombo. Talking about it, Pat. Nice. Yeah. What All made right. you think hey. about that? Well, it just seemed to me impossible that you didn't know one word. And how could you be bar mitzvah if you didn't know one word? But it turns out you do know a few. So, okay. All right. All right. Cool. Maybe think about taking down that um, press photo of yourself behind your head. It's kind of weird <laughs> to see you. You know what, what it looks like to me? You know how when they have a case at the the police department, they're trying to figure out who the suspects are. And they and hang they it on the wall. all those pictures and, <laughs> and, and wires wall looks like yes and it's all pictures of ronnie yeah that's weird like ronnie's on camera so obviously the people watching know it's ronnie but behind him is his his press photo and his cartoon drawing of ronnie racing in a car and they're yeah, but, not even particularly straight they're not hung with care no oh, no come completely on crooked on the wall it's like it's, <laughs> it's like on a clip like this clip that you put on with tape okay and what is that frame painting behind your head? Did that come of the house? Or oh, I don't know. This, is, this, this, this place is like from the 1800s here. Um, <laughs> Are you still in your rental house? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Till, till oh. like the middle of uh, next month. Okay. Oh, so that's somebody's painting that they um, just, you, you can't touch anything on the walls? No, we can't, you know, I, I can't take the shit down. <laughs> oh, so you mean the house was an empty? No. You mean the people left their shit in there? Oh, no, it's, it's fully, it's fully, it's fully furnished. It's fully furnished. It's going on out which, there. No, which worked out great for me because all my shit's in storage. Right. Nice. I mean, I wasn't going to move shit out here and, and get an empty place and then set up all the stuff there. And then, you know, when you're moving it to the house, now I got to call another mover to move the shit. No, it's so. great. It worked out better this way to rent a place with, you know, that's furnished. Nice. Yeah, I was wondering. It was cheap enough. Ronnie got a framed picture behind him. What the hell is that? (laughs) Oh, dude, I got a picture on the wall across from me. It takes up half the wall. It's some. Is it nice? Guy and some some guy and a woman dancing on like Victrola that Gary has behind him. Like the old style Victrola. Yeah. With the horn. (laughs) And they're dancing on a, a seventy-eight record on the on the turntable. Sounds lovely. Might yeah, want to bring you, that with you to the new house. The thing is, no, it's okay. That's Do okay. me a favor, take it off the wall and send it to Bubba. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh yeah, can't believe you haven't gone to a strip club yet. I think you're growing up, my boy. I mean, uh, I thought I every did. night you. Oh, you went? I went once. I went once. Oh, yeah. How was it? Uh, it was cool. All nude? I went. I went. No, no. Topless. What do you got? Topless. Topless. Hot chicks? Vegas. Yeah, very. Yeah. Good club. Do you wear a mask? A friend of mine runs it. Yeah. 
And the, the girls, the, the, the girls supposedly they're tested like two, three times a week. So, <laughs> so they're not wearing masks. No, they're not. Who wants a titty dance from somebody wearing a mask, Robin? <laughs> yeah, come on. It's worth risking your life over. Yeah, Ronnie's playing a little fast and loose with the rules. I hope it'll be all right out there. Um, when, no, it was just the one time. My buddy came in from New York and oh, uh, just one time. We, we went out one night. Okay, last actually last Saturday. Did you get a lap dance? Yeah. So the chicks are all over you with the with no mask and everything. Man. Yeah. Okay. weren't a little bit nervous doing that. No, I had enough to drink that I wasn't nervous. Right. Yeah, your boner tells you, you know, fuck it. You're going to die. This is a good way to go. Forget COVID. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. I ran into somebody that you know was Saturday night. I ran into Jim Brewer. Oh, where'd you see him? Uh, he was playing a hotel out here that I was at for dinner. And I oh, came yeah? out, of the, out of the restaurant. And he was sitting at the bar. He had just finished his show. So we had a nice chat. How's he doing? Good. Good. He moved out in New York. Where's he live? And, Vegas? Uh, no, Florida. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Nice. Yeah. Ronnie Ronnie's hobnobbing. Yeah, yeah, right. That's what I was going to say. Ronnie's hobnobbing now. Topless. <laughs> Goes to the titty bar. Topless. Goes to tested two type three times a week, so probably don't have any COVID. T-O-P-L-E-S-S. They can't get COVID in between the test. So, you know, they probably quarantine the gals. I think when you're dancing, you can't transmit COVID. <laughs> as long as you're dancing. Did Jim recognize you or do you have to go over and say, hey, Jim, you know me. It's Ronnie. The no, I saw, driver. He had like his back to me and I saw him sitting there. So I think, you know, it'd be a nice thing to go over and say hi. Yeah. And so you, when you said, hey, it's Ronnie from the Howard Stern show. Did no, he recognized rec me right away. Yeah. Okay. He knew who I was. We had a nice conversation and, uh, you, you know, that was it. Yeah. Right. Did he do Goat Boy for you? No. no. No, no, I love when he does that. When he does Goat Boy, I'm in. That fucking Goat no, Boy was, makes me laugh every time. You can't yeah, he, was it. he was playing the hotel for the weekend. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't do that? No, he didn't. <laughs> Did he do his Joe Pesci for you? Hey, no, Ronnie, was what the fuck no, are you he... doing here? You didn't do that? No. Uh, no. no. It's a shame. All right. No, it, was, it was just a nice, friendly conversation. Nice. All right. Thanks, Ron. That's for a little taste of Ronnie in Vegas. I can leave you yeah, with that. Yeah, Ronnie's um, living the life. Yeah. Jim is hanging out with NASCAR race yesterday. Yeah, there you go. All right. Yeah, That's NASCAR is back. Yeah, good times. Hobnobbing with celebrities. Forget yeah. about it. All of a sudden, Ronnie's dinner, like dinner uh, the Kurt mayor. And a whole bunch of people. Oh, you went to dinner that's with Kurt? Ran, uh, yeah, that's Kurt how Bush. I ran into. Yeah, that's how I ran into Jim. We had uh, dinner with about fourteen people, and uh, nice. We came. We came out, and there he was. Right, no COVID where Ronnie is. I might move to Vegas. It seems like it's a COVID-free zone. Uh, dinner with fourteen people, indoors or out. Indoors. Nice. <laughs> living, hey, listen, living it up. Hey, I'm enjoying mm -hmm. it. 
Hey, it sounds like it. You going to get a booster shot? Maybe you should. Yeah. Wait, no, I, well, you're carrying on. As soon as they're available, I'm going to get it. Well, you need it. You're out there, man. No, I'll definitely right. get it. By the way, I did want to share with you that a lot of people have written us. Uh, thank you for your emails and things. We love hearing from you. Um, we received a mountain of positive feedback from the audience after Coldplay appeared on Wednesday's show, live from the Apollo Theater. Um. And did some great song. Boy, that, you know, that song, I've, I've watched that. You know, we put out on social media and on the app, we put out um, the songs they did. And, man, when they do that fix you, it just fucking wrecks me. I mean, wow. That song just really gets me emotionally. It's so beautiful. Come over here, Robin, and cradle me. What a voice. What a voice. That's a hard note to hit. Just what you were. Oh, I hit it. Just what you were. Oh, you had a falsetto. Uh, sure do. I can do what I I can do it. I got to get in a band. That's pretty cool. I will try. Shit, I have to squeeze my nuts to get that note. That's not easy. <laughs> well, he slides into falsetto and back into his regular voice. It's really yeah. beautiful. He's amazing. And now, coming at you, live from Las Vegas, Nevada, the Ronnie the Limo Driver Show, 17 people at dinner. Yeah. <laughs> Beautiful. <laughs> Sorry, Robin, I didn't realize you were singing along. Um... Howard, listening to Coldplay perform Fix You, I swear the song brings me to tears every time. It's so beautifully heartbreaking. One of my all-time favorites. Yeah, I agree. I like that new song they did, too. Sounded yeah. really good. And they did Viva La Vida, which I called um, La Vida Loca. Yeah. Foot in my mouth. <laughs> Still trying to get that foot out of my mouth. They, well, you they can were see kind of shocked. <laughs> yeah. Actually, I would have gone with that. I said, I, you know, when you guys wrote La Vida Loca for, uh, what's that kid's name? Ricky Martin. Ricky Martin. Ricky. I thought that was that was yeah. pretty awesome. <laughs> uh, yeah. Hey, Steve, what's up? Hey, hey, Howard. Ronnie's trying to pull the wool over everybody's eyes here. We're out of California. We're going up to Nevada. We're building big storage facilities, walk-in cooler boxes for COVID patients because the crematories, the Palm Cemeteries, are at their limit. 
So we have to build extra storage for these people before their family members can pick them up. Yeah, I mean, I think you're making the same point I am. I'm a little concerned about Ronnie running around, but, you know, what can I tell you? All right, thanks, Steve. I think that's what Steve's saying. Yes, he's saying they're running out of places to put bodies. Yeah. Beth was saying, we were laying in bed, and Beth said, I don't know. I think she was kind of making the point, like, it's been two years that the two of us have just been staring at each other. We haven't seen anybody else. (laughs) (laughs) And I go, honey, I I mean, and she started accusing me of being happy about it. Like, she goes... You could stay inside your, the rest of your life. You, you, you're, you know, I go, I, I'm afraid you're never going to leave the house. I go, well, what are you doing? What am I, well, you know. So she's making plans to meet with a girlfriend to go to a meal outside at a restaurant. And I'm like. Okay. I'm, I go, so you get COVID, then you're going to give it to me. So do I get it say in this? She's like, no, I'm going. I go, okay. See. So. If I get it, you'll know how I got it from Beth. Okay. She claims if she's outdoors, it's going to be fine. I go, well. Well, everything's fine until you get it. Yeah. That's what I mean. I I wish she would come down here and you would say something to her. Because I'm (laughs) I'm not getting anywhere. Nice knowing you all, by the way. One of America's <laughs> greatest treasures. Goodbye now, just in case you don't yeah, have a chance. One of, one of America's greatest treasures, uh, me, might be gone soon because <laughs> my wife needs to eat lunch. Should I say to her, come down, and you'll, but you'll talk to her? No, that is between the two of you. You have mm. a relationship. I have nothing to do with it. Mm, you do, kind of. Well, I want you to be safe as possible. That's what I mean. It is your living as but well. But that's all I can say. I want you to be as safe as possible to, to observe the cautions that you see uh, that are necessary. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get her down here. <laughs> mm. Let me see. Mm. Should I text her or should I call her? I'll text her. All right, honey. Come on the show. She'll probably ask you what for. Yeah, I'm not going to tell her. (laughs) Hmm. So far, it's delivered, but not read. Well, give her a chance. She's, you know what? For everybody else, she's right on there. She's glued to that phone. Whenever I notice, whenever I write, like suddenly she's not by her phone. She goes. There's a little oh, bit of a delay. You won't be on camera. She doesn't want to be on camera. You won't. Okay. She thinks she looks bad. You should see her. Look, I've seen her. She never looks bad. Yeah, I know. I go. You want to see someone who goes on camera every day and looks bad? You won't be on camera. Little does she know I want to yell at her about going to lunch. <laughs> I mean, I want you to. Her day. Oh, no. Um, I wrote, you won't be on camera. Oh, she was just uh, cleaning litter boxes and says I look gross. But I'm, you should say, I've seen her clean litter boxes. 
Yeah, you should do I've it seen naked. Her litter box look is yeah. a good one. <laughs> yeah, that's a woman I would like to get in my van and take her around the country. <laughs> Even if she's, you know, cleaning litter boxes. Uh, ask her mm. if she would uh, indulge in van life with you. I'm going to tell her I fell down and I need help getting up. Then she'll have to come down, right? <laughs> <laughs> I've hurt myself. I need help. Quick. <laughs> no, I don't want to be on camera. She's not no. coming? Doesn't look that way. She's not even Now Now okay. she's doing that thing where she's not even reading my email. Just as delivered. She, you know, I know when she read it. All right. Oh, there you are. Ah, there oh, you, you are. look so cute. Put me on camera. Go on that mic over there. You look so cute. Hi, Robin. Look, that's what she looks Hi. like bad. Look at I you know. with your titties. Is, you know, your titties. titties. <laughs> Robin, do you see titties? I see titties. <laughs> You're so cute in your glasses. He's closer and your than pants. I am. All right, I won't put you on camera. You hear that pounding? My head's exploding. I know. Our neighbor's building a house. And the leaf blower oh, no. and pounding next door. So, um, oh, I'm going to jump in the ocean. <laughs> <laughs> Honey. What? When I... Oh, no. What are we talking about? No, what I'm saying... Do I need to put headphones Yeah, on? put on the headphones. See if you can hear anything. Because oh, Robin... I have a label with my name on them. Robin's so angry. Cute. Robin's angry with you. With me? Yeah. Oh, yes. I didn't say anything like that. She wants to lecture you. No, go ahead. Oh, see if you can hear anything. Can you hear? It's so loud. I'll lower it. How? Oh. I don't know. Want me to do it? Let's see if this works. It's a little knob. Oh, I found it. Good. So here's my question. If I... <laughs> <laughs> this is it. Howard and I have been, we are so connected, like attached to the hip. It's funny just seeing you, what not I, seeing you for two hours in the morning. What did I say to you when we went to bed last night? Do you remember? This is the most romantic thing. You said, my problem is bed is for sleeping. So right. by the time I hit the bed, you were just getting I go bed, right to sleep. And I said, honey, I want to tell you something. That you feel very lucky. I said, honey, with me, I, I think. feel like I'm the luckiest man yes. in the world. See, that I, I was right. Yeah. I mean, gee, it really made a big impact. <laughs> but again, bed is for sleeping, not hanging out at right. night watching TV. By but we time, watch our shows. We watched uh, the yeah, last 20 minutes of uh, Bachelor in Paradise. You know, I don't even remember any of it. I'm so tired at night. She zonks out. She's got this ring that she wears. Have you already reached your... She oh, there it from, is. There it yeah, is. Yeah, that's the ring. <laughs> you know that thing's about 600 bucks that Jimmy sprang for? Wow. Each ring is like $600. Bought you one, too. Yeah, I know. I'm not wearing it. Well, who should we give that to? Give it to Robin. It back to, to Jimmy? It's, wait, you even gave me your ring size, so it's, it's your size ring. Yeah, but I don't want to wear a Bluetooth device that tells me whether I slept so well. So why would you... Order it then. Why would you? Because I didn't know. You said Jimmy wants your ring size, so I gave him my ring no, size. No, we got the kit, and you. Yeah, but, uh, but maybe I'll wear it one day. Try it. I'm afraid to. I feel like you're a slave to it. I haven't even looked. I didn't even see how my sleep was last night. I've been so busy with the kittens. I'm getting a whole new batch of kittens, so I'm cleaning the foster room. Yeah, but you know what happens. Like bleach. When she feels like she hasn't reached her goal of exercise, and all of a sudden, like, uh -huh. like right before bed, she gets on the hydro. That starts, was one time. She's rowing like a mad woman. I'm like, honey, you've done enough well, exercise. That was the day I was in the car all day. I had to go to the city. Yeah. So anyway, here's my point. What are we talking? I'm talking about you going to lunch with a friend and sitting outside. Okay. I've, I've been discussing it with Robin. I'm nervous about it because what if you do get COVID and you give it to me? And I don't want you getting COVID. I, well, this restaurant that we're going to, I've been there a few times this summer outside. There is 
they're several feet apart. We're several feet apart, and um, we're outdoors. Yeah, but you're not going to be both several vaccinated. feet apart from your person you're having lunch yeah, with. Yeah, I mean, it's a table. We're, uh, we're probably four feet apart. Really? Yeah. I've never been to a restaurant with a table that big. There, but... It's these outdoor tables at that restaurant really? right in town. Uh, what do you think, Robin? Uh-oh. Robin well, doesn't think you should vaccinated go. vaccinated outside, that's pretty good precaution. Yes, but now, now all of a sudden you back down. <laughs> but You're where, big... I mean, are you wearing masks to and from? Are the waiters and waitresses masked? The waiters and waitresses are indeed masked. I will have my mask on until I sit down and then before I stand up and walk through town. Yeah, but to I think car. your friend has been traveling and stuff, right? Um, she's been home now for over a month and yeah. I'm quite certain that she's been tested or has had no, I, mm. I, I feel very safe. Mm. All right. Well, it's just like, like, are you bumming out about that? Well, no, because it wasn't even discussed. It just was like, Hey, I'm going and you're afraid that I'm going to stay in the house for the rest of my life and never leave. But is that really how I said it? Yes. I said, I'm going to lunch with Annette. Yeah, but then you started telling me that I'm going to be in the house for the rest of my life and I'm never going to leave. But I want to get out, No, I said I'm excited to start seeing people in a very safe way. And I said, I know that you are okay with not ever going out again. I'm not, though. That's what what I was saying. I'm, I'm, I'm desirous of seeing other people. I really am at this point. No, you're not. I know I am. I would, I would, maybe I'm not. I don't know. Not. You might be right. I don't know. This is a very depressing conversation. It is depressing, but we've been so safe. I just hope you don't get COVID. And uh, well, we'll see. People are living their lives. Just people are being very um, cautious. Ronnie just went to a dinner with fourteen people indoors. That I would not do to you for for your safety, right? And for mine, but I would not do it more for you. Yeah, you know what I mean. Robin, anytime you want to chime in, feel free. I mean, all of a sudden. Uh, I told you, this is, this is, you two have to make these decisions. High pitch wants a way in. Yes, high pitch. Hey, hey, hi. Good morning. Hi, Beth. Listen, hi. I went out for lunch to Long Island the other day, and they don't ask for proof of vaccination cards. They only show, they only ask for proof of vaccination in Manhattan, but not, not on Long Island. So, Beth, if I were you, I would restrict it just for Howard's safety. Mm. This kid's making sense all of a sudden. I can't (laughs) believe it, but I agree with High Pitch. Is it a vaccinated-only restaurant where the staff is vaccinated? We don't know. Don't you think restaurants have to be, you have to be vaccinated if you work in a restaurant? No. Food and interacting with people? I don't know. High High Pitch knows. He's out there. You must be really bothered that I'm doing this if you brought this up and this has been on your mind. Because I told you this a couple of days ago. Right, but we weren't on the air a couple of days I ago. I know. So for you to bring this up. Mm. Let's see what Marianne says. Yes, Marianne. I say 
that Beth is taking all the precautions, Howard, and Dr. Abbott said a couple of weeks ago that people could go out and eat outside safely with their masks and sit at their table as long as they're vaccinated. And as of a couple of days ago, even Long Island restaurants are supposed to show proof of vaccination. And on another note, Beth, I love you. I ordered four more Helen Rose totes. But, Howard, did you see the view the other day when first they were tested positive, then they were tested negative? So, really, we have to just be very uh, have a good conscience and do the right thing for our fellow neighbor. And I think Beth has been doing that all along, and she can go out to eat. All right. Okay. Did, did you see what I just what? I just I just read online that Cheryl Burke, you know, Dancing with the Stars, yeah, she tested positive, so she has to quarantine for the next ten days. So her Who? partner, don't you think he has it? Who's her dance partner? The Peloton guy. Oh, yeah. So he's think about that. And he's, but they're supposed to perform, I think, tonight. So think of that's Yeah, like how come these TV shows? I mean, how are they screwing that up? Like, I mean, uh, I guess. And she says she's double vaxxed. And there's a video of her. And she's like, she says she feels horrible and getting progressively worse. And she's double vaxxed. Oh. So what are you doing going See, on? I'm not dancing with the stars in a studio. You're dancing with, with a big star, me. Honey, I said, no, I you mean I'm not indoors dancing with people. You're and, dancing with a real star. How honey, you're not understanding what I'm saying. What are you saying? I'm saying I'm not. Cheryl Burke has been dancing with a, with a partner, and, with people in a big stadium. Yeah. I am going outdoor lunch, lunch with. A friend. <laughs> where's Dr. Agus when I need him? Nah. Nobody knows. But I would check but, to make sure that the, <laughs> they have a vaccine policy at the restaurant. Yeah. That's a good idea. Um, meanwhile, don't you think it's a good time for Dr. Agus to check in and tell us what we can and should not do? Yeah, I guess. Don't, don't you think that's needed? It's yeah. been a while. Well, I think he's needed Because I don't understand day. what I can and should not do at this point. You know it's what? getting really frustrating. I know. Nobody really knows. I mean, Ronnie's running around. And are we supposed around. to get triple vaxxed? Is that for... You can't. You got to wait till they give you the word. I mean, is it when... Yeah, I you're not say... eligible for the third booster yet. Yeah, I'm gonna lie and get. Are you? I'm. I guess I'm. I'm. I'm older. I'm. (laughs) Yeah, I guess I. I mean, I don't know what I'm eligible for, and and I think. (sighs) I don't understand. I don't know what's going on. I don't know how to advise anyone. How are you even doing anything with this hair in your eye like that? Meanwhile, you notice the front of my hair is getting gray. Yes. You did notice? Remember that picture I took of us? Yeah. And you're like, oh, this is, picture is ridiculous. It looks like I have gray hair. Do <laughs> oh <my God>. you <laughs> think I should color my hair? <laughs> no. Maybe I should start coloring my hair. No. It looks good. So what am I going to do? Go gray? That's cute. You think? Yeah, I don't want you to but dye you said, your hair. But you told me years ago I should start dyeing my hair. You said it to me one. Yeah, you said to me one time, like, "Hey." I said, "Well, assess when you know, because you didn't have any gray hair back then." I said, "You." You said, "What happens if I turn gray?" I said, "Well, we'll figure it out." But I have no problem if you dye your hair. But I think I think that looks good. You know, my pubes are totally dark. (laughs) Not that not that you look. (laughs) You don't let me look. (laughs) You don't need to see that. But uh, I'm thinking. I think I'm just going to go gray. I mean, it's not that much gray. No, there are a lot. Of, no, there are a lot of gray in there. there are a lot of gray hair. Yeah, in there. I, I just don't want to end up like uh, dying it, and then like those guys who dye their hair and. Yeah, well, it's very look, obvious when people dye their guys, hair. Yeah, and you always make fun of them to me, so yeah. I don't think you want to be one of those. You look yeah. good. You look good, honey. Ugh, look horrible. You work out. You walk. I barely work out. Beth made fun of my workout the other day. She was 
doing her hydro, and I said, "I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be over here lifting some masculine weights." And then, like a few minutes later, I was done, and she goes, "That's it? That's all the weights you're lifting?" I go, "Yeah, that, that's my routine. I'm done." She goes, "It was under ten minutes." I go, "Yeah, I've gotten it down to like a ten minute workout. It's barely a workout." Yeah, I'm a mess. I used to work out a lot, but not anymore. Anyway. That's it. So I guess you're going to lunch. I'm going to lunch with Annette tomorrow outside, but I am going to make a phone call to the restaurant. Okay. I could always switch the restaurant. It's just I know they, I love their outdoor dining. I feel very, I don't, you don't even have to go into the restaurant to go to the outdoor dining. Okay. Go right to the seats. I hope I live. (laughs) Have a good meal. Do you want me to, um, Get tested before I come home. Rapid test. I would be willing to do that. I don't know if I can go that long without you. We go for a well, walk would it every really day. Work just from that initial. I don't even know. I don't I know. Have no idea that, how any I don't of even this know. Works as soon as yeah. you um, get no. get it. Is it? I don't know if I can test? last if you uh, if you quarantine yourself. So I'll just. I know I missed you when you were down here. I know. I'm gonna I'm gonna wrap up and uh, I'll come upstairs eat my lunch. Okay. Yeah. Love you. I love you. Love this woman so much. You're so lucky to be loved. Are you sure that's it? Well, what, you want to do something else? No, just... Want me to sing a song to you? No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I guess that's it. Right. I don't know. Bye. Bye, right. Robin. Robin, you were Bye, real buddy. persuasive. I love her glasses. She looks great in them. Yeah, glasses. you look great, honey. You're lucky. Um, I felt bad for you. I married you. <laughs> I, always t- I always tell her that. Oh, my goodness. Boy, you were some help. Look, I told you I was. N- I will never get between a couple. They have to work <laughs> those things out for themselves. I did say that maybe, you know, just make sure that they have a vaccine policy and they're taking the best precautions at the restaurant. Yeah, that was good. When you did that, that was good. That part was good. The rest, you weren't so good. (laughs) (laughs) That part you were good at. You could have been a little more forceful. So, hey, listen, you know. I don't know when these. Who's that? OJ? I don't know. Was that OJ? (laughs) All right. Tomorrow, Dave Grohl. I don't know the rules about when you, you know, when you are positive when you get a test. Like, after you have lunch, should could she get a rapid test and know she was not a carrier? I don't know. But now I have to deal with it because now you're asking the questions. That was a good <laughs> question for you to I'll ask when she was here. That. No, yeah. she said she was willing to do that, but I don't yeah. even know if that's worthwhile. Yeah, exactly. I, I don't know where she's doing that. Where's she getting a rapid <laughs> test? I don't doing? know. Mary Jo, you're on the air in New York. Uh, good morning, Howard. Uh, I was thinking about what you were saying uh, to Beth about, you know, she brings home COVID, you're going to die. And yeah. I, I just, yeah, I just want to emphasize that the only people who are being hospitalized and dying are those who are unvaccinated. I mean, you, you sure don't want to get COVID, but right. you probably <laughs> would be just fine. All right, we'll see. Looks like I'm going to. 
Looks like I'm going to be experiencing it. Looks like it. you're going to be you. fine. <laughs> looks like happen. looks like I'll be able to tell you firsthand pretty soon. <laughs> so we'll see what happens. But that was funny that you know uh, Beth or Marianne brought up the View. They were going to be interviewing uh, uh, Kamala Harris in person last week sometime, and then two of the co-hosts tested positive for COVID. And they had to stop everything, go to commercial, and throw them off the set. And then they didn't get to talk to Kamala in person. They had her somewhere closed off on on another screen. Yep. Yep. Here's Dr. Agus. He wants to say his piece on this. Yes, Dr. Agus. Hey, Howard, it's Dr. Agus. You need to let Beth know that the new science report says stay inside forever and never see anyone. See? Dr. Regis says don't go outside. Stay inside with Howard if you're married to Howard. That's it. And have lots of sex with Howard because it will build science uh, bodies that will fight the virus. Right. Right. Thank you, Dr. Regis. We discussed that at a, a doctor meeting yesterday. I'm Dr. Regis. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> See, Dr. Agus t- t- agrees with me. Oh, hey, Ralph, what's up? Hey, now. Hey, now. Hey, I wanted to weigh in on this. Uh, this probably won't help Beth's case, but I think it's fine. I mean, it's outdoors. <laughs> Great. You know, taking, and, and you know what? You got to you got to support her to do it now before winter sets in, and it, you won't be able to do it. You know, you have to be inside soon. So, go. Uh, Isn't it enough to just be with me? I mean, really, why do you need friends? I mean, being with me is so exciting. I'm Well, just think of it. She'll go away from you, and she'll come back appreciating you even more. She'll miss you. Mm. See that? Do you, are you going out? Are you doing stuff? Yeah. Yeah. I'm, you wear, uh, I, heard, yeah I got a report got, you that know, you, don't even, you don't even wear a mask anymore. Mister, he used to true. yell at everybody about masks. That, that, that yeah. is so not true. I'm always That's what I heard. Can I wear... Anywhere indoors, I wear a mask. If I'm eating, eating outside, I obviously don't wear a mask. But I don't even go anywhere indoors except you know food shopping, and I wear a mask. So, Chris, does he wear a mask? He's very fast and loose with masks now. And when you do wear one, Ralph, it's like this old dirty. Can I finish? You're neurotic about it. You wear. I am. I am. It's this old dirty mask. I see you all week. I see you on Instagram. Can I finish? Let him finish. Shut up, Ralph. Go ahead, Chris. And sometimes, sometimes I'll see Ralph. He'll take the old dirty mask and like it'll fall on the. He'll fall on the dirty floor, or he'll oh. put it on the side of the uh, the road where, like, the bums sit by the path train, That's and then so put it back true. on his You're, face. You're such a hysteric. <laughs> Stop it. I, we, 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 had dinner, like, we, had dinner, we had dinner with a bunch of people. I mean, like, uh, for months now, I've been mm. having dinner here and there, maybe, you know, maybe five or six times. And when then I if, I go to, Florida, if I go to go inside to go use the bathroom, I'll, I'll double mask. And Ralph will go, what are you doing with the double? Just calm down. <laughs> yeah, big shot. <laughs> big shot. Hey, listen, right. I can get sick. I'm fine. Well, so far you are. That's the thing, you did get sick. You got a cold, and you wouldn't test for COVID. And then you kept insisting on seeing me, and I said, there's no way I'm seeing you if you're sick. 
I did not. I was like, like I, I didn't feel good one day. And Chris is like, oh, my God, get to the hospital. Check yourself in. No, I, mean, I like, said, get a COVID you know, test. And he goes, oh, I spoke to my doctor. I don't need one. Well, how do you know? That's right. I, my, oh, I don't no. know. My doctor seems to know. She says no. I didn't need to get tested. So, you know. Uh, thank you. Uh, who cares? cares Everybody's anyway. got their own set of rules. That's the problem. Yeah. Yeah. That's why Beth was saying, well, maybe Dr. Agus should set the rules. Um, oh, look, it's Dry Lisa. What's up, Dry Lisa? Hey, good morning, guys. Hey. Um, I, I heard you guys were talking about uh, what's going on uh, with boosters. Aren't you following Dr. Agus's, uh text messages? No, uh, Beth does, so she reports to me. Oh, okay. He sent out the text on Friday. Boosters started today, over oh. 65 years and over, and anybody with one. any medical conditions. I'm in. Yeah, that's so, it. Uh, All right. That's good I'll, information. I'll Thank you, Dry Lisa. Yeah. And I'll tell Beth, be, be safe. Double check that restaurant as well. Yeah. Double check right. the restaurant. Be safe. All right, guys. Have a good mm-hmm. one. Later. That's so polite. She's not going to double check the restaurant. I know it. She said she was going to call. All you have to do is ask, what are your uh, COVID precautions? You know, that's it's not a big deal. Hey, Ann. Hi, good morning. I wanted to take a step back and go back to Jim Brewer. And I was wondering if you knew and, and what your opinion was about the fact that he canceled the show because people would have had to wear masks. Yeah, I think Jim uh, Jim is anti-mask or something. I don't know what he is. He yeah, doesn't he like mask said, I mandate. think something he was referring to you at one point when he was talking yeah. about all this stuff. We talked a little bit about it, but I've known Jim for years. I love Jim, but I don't know what he's talking. I'm not really clear on what he's talking about, but I know he's worked up something with masks. And I don't even I, I refuse to believe I think I don't even think that was really Jim Brewer. I think you think it was Goat Boy. <laughs> I think, yeah, that was Goat Boy talking. I don't even think it was real Jim. <laughs> Uh, Jim, I know, wouldn't say that dumb shit. You know what I mean? Not not, not, not my boy. Uh, so I don't think it was. Yeah, I think it was fake news. That's what I'm going to go with, even though I saw him actually saying it. Uh, anyway, we should probably get out of here. Oh, no. Who's that? Let me see. Oh, hey, hey, Dan Rather, what are you doing here? Howard, I am here at the restaurant that Beth is planning to eat at, and I have to say, everyone here is coughing and dying. Oh, my goodness, the humanity. There are so many droplets in the air, you can actually see them. That's what I'm afraid of. I'm, I'm wearing a hazmat suit just to remain in this vicinity. The droplets are so huge. It's, it's like an open fire hydrant. I see them spraying everywhere. <laughs> Great. The danger here is unparalleled. One couple appears to be bleeding from their eyeballs. Perhaps a sign of new, even more terrifying variants born from this diner disaster. Great. All right. Well, thank you, Mr. Rather. My advice, steer clear and stay indoors. Thank you. Well, that doesn't help anything. <laughs> there he goes. Um, Gary received a ton of congr- congratulatory tweets and emails. 
Unfortunately, it was because MMA fighter Conor McGregor threw out a worse pitch than Gary's. <laughs> Congrats, Baba Booey. McGregor's first pitch is now the worst ever. Now you only have the second worst pitch of all time. Come on, Howard. It's time to let Gary off the hook already. Conor McGregor was way worse than his. Yeah, but Conor McGregor didn't grow up playing baseball. He grew up in a foreign country, didn't he? Yeah, that might have been the first time he ever saw a baseball. Yeah. Baba Booey. Gary Delabate has just been bumped from the top of the list of all-time bad first pitches. Congratulations, Gary. Uh, One fan disagrees and still thinks Gary's pitch is worse. I'm with Howard. Given the amount of effort and training Gary put in and that he was a former pitching coach, his throw should be ranked as number one on the all-time list of horrible first pitches, even over McGregor. I agree. I got some tape of Gary on the wrap-up show talking about his first pitch. It still haunts him to this day. It sounds like he's traumatized. Yeah. Crazy. Let me see if I can play this. First of all, I want to tell you guys something right now. I'm trying to think. I can't remember the last time I threw a baseball. Like, if I see a baseball, I'm not picking it up. I'm so mentally repelled by it <laughs> that I don't even think I've, I may not have thrown a baseball since that pitch. It's very possible. You're that traumatized? <clears throat> I am. I am. And I know you guys think I'm being a pussy for it and everything like that. And um, I just, you know, it's every, all, even as you're talking, right? And I do believe, I do believe you guys are coming from a good place. Even as you're talking, I can already feel the pressure. I can already feel the pressure, and I don't need that pressure in my life anymore. Wow. The pressure of what as they're talking? I don't know. What the hell is he oh, talking so, about? I'll tell you. So here's what's going on. So Rasan and John, for like two years now, keep telling me that just I need to go back out and throw the pitch again, that it's going to be a big story <laughs> of redemption, and it can't be any worse than it was. That yeah. even if I do, it's bad. And I'm like, I just don't want to do that anymore. And I do think that yeah, no, you should. Hey, yeah, I agree. Who told you the first time not to throw the first pitch? Who you told did. you? Yeah, you, Howard I Stern. You. I said, Gary, there's no upside. If you throw a decent Good. pitch, no one cares. You throw a bad one, it's, you're gonna have to live it down the rest of your life. I, I, exactly. I begged him. Yep, you're, you're he, right. He never. He, but he knew better. It's my my lifelong dream, both. Well, you got they your dream. Tra- <laughs> you got your dream. Now you got now turn, your dream turned into a nightmare. Nobody to blame but me. You bet. I tried. I really did try for him because I knew this was going to happen. I knew he'd fuck it up. <laughs> I really did. He can't handle the pressure. You know. But he has to let it go at some point and just say, well, that happened. Robin, I did I let can. it go. These guys I can't let it go. These guys keep bringing it up. And now I have PTSD. I did let it go. All right. Uh, Beth's friend who she's meeting for lunch is on the phone. Yes. Hey, hey, Howard. I just wanted to tell you that it's going to be fine. I took a test, and I don't have the results yet, but I feel totally fine. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. 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 Enough. Oh, finally, uh, and I'll end on this high note. Um, everyone enjoyed us talking about Dancing with the Stars. When it comes to Dancing with the Stars, Howard is spot on. They're acting like we should know who Olivia Jade is from her dumb makeup vlogs, not the fact that her parents cheated and paid her way into college. So funny. I need you guys to talk about Dancing with the Stars each week. Howard and Robin's commentary was hilarious. Uh, so there you go. We're evidently hilarious. There you go. Oh, 
I better. What? Oh, shit. I, I didn't mention this, and I do want to mention it because I really like this guy. We received confirmation from Beetlejuice's manager, Bobby Rooney, that Dominic the Dwarf passed away. That was his, <gasps> You're that kidding. Was his, that was his stage name, Dominic the Dwarf. Remember Dominic? Little Dominic? Yes, of course. Yeah, he used to come in with Beetle, and he'd always tease Beetle. That's right. They'd get into arguments. Yeah, I love this guy. If you don't remember, Dominic was uh, a little person. He would always come in with Beat during his gigs and appear on our show. I don't know what the cause of death was, but Bobby sent us a statement. I'll read that. But first, um, this was what Dominic was known for. It was great. When um, Beetlejuice would shit his pants, he'd always blame Dominic. He would say, Dominic, like if there was a shit in his pants, he'd go, Dominic, put it in there. Right. Yeah. It was great. And Dominic would, you know, and Dominic could be miles away. Dominic was maybe not even in the same state, and he blamed Dominic for shit. Here's just to remember Dominic. Uh, Someone yeah. told me that you uh, shit on your own shoe, but then you blame Dominic for it. Oh, oh, Dominic shits on everybody's shoes. Yeah, but someone said it was you shitting on it, your own shoe. My and then, own shoe? Yeah. What did I want to shit on my own shoe? I don't know. I think they said it fell out of your pant leg. Not me. Nah. No? I think you blame, but you say Dominic does it. Oh, Dominic shits on everybody's pants. Mm-hmm. Dominic, <laughs> did you shit on someone's shoe? Or does no. it, is that Beetle does it? No, Beetle has a you know, good imagination. He'll shit himself like 40 miles away. But no, you probably do it. And then tell Oh, um, somebody told me you did it last time because I heard and, about and it. And then tell Bob, you know, Rooney, my manager, well, well, that I shit his pants. Well, you probably did. So well, I ran 40 miles you. over there to shit his pants and go back home. Oh, I got shit in my pants and then you did it. Yeah. I love those two guys together. They even had a boxing match at one point to settle yeah. their differences. And Anyway, uh, uh so Bobby sent me this note. As everyone knows, Beat would sometimes get into a mood where he'd completely shut down and not want to deal with anybody. This would happen at gigs from time to time. But if Dominic was there, he would always save the show. My wife and kids are heartbroken. He was a big part of our lives as well as my late brother Sean's uh, Sean's son's life growing up. So there you Aww. go. Rest in peace. Uh, Beat and Dominic were always at odds, but you could tell that they loved each other in a way. Yeah. I'm going to miss him. Thanks for the great laughs, Dominic. So for those of you who are real fans of the show, Dominic the Dwarf <laughs> is gone. Uh, but won't be forgotten. And I don't know who Beat's going to blame for shitting in his pants now. Yeah, who's Burn doing it, it now? Who's Burn doing it, it now? All right. Well, listen, tomorrow Dave Grohl's going to come by and uh, discuss his uh, new book, which is filled with great stuff. I recommend it highly. And uh, on Wednesday, we're moving the show to 1 o'clock. Because the incredible good news is that Mick Jagger will be here. Believe Still it or can't not. can't believe it. I have to pinch myself. Or am I awake? Did you really say Mick Jagger is going yeah. to the show? It's a dream. A dream come true to, to just to even look at Mick Jagger. So, uh, you know, what can I say? If you want my comments on Mick Jagger, listen to earlier in the morning. Wednesday on a very special Howard Stern show at 1 p.m. Eastern. The interview Howard has waited his entire career for. Legendary Rolling Stones lead singer, frontman, and songwriter, Mick Jagger. Only on The Howard Stern Show. That's crazy.